on, party people, podcast players, and fourth wall fam, and welcome to another episode of New Normal Wrestling. And you guessed it, it's me, it's me, it's JCB, back again with my good brothers, ready to brother out and talk some amazing wrestling from this past week. So let me introduce these guys to you first, the voice of the voiceless, an NNW original. What did we call you last week, a zebra? Well, you're still a zebra this week, and that zebra is making some headway this week. We're going to get to that a little bit later. So let's give it up for my favorite DJ and yours, DJ Matty G. That is the most confused I've ever been of my own intro, man. (laughs) Hey, hey guys, uh, thanks for the support while I make headway. We'll get into that later. (laughs) How are you doing, Bozy? How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great, but I didn't mean you as the zebra. I meant the other zebra that we were referring to when we called you the zebra. I love how confusing this is. It's gonna make all. It's gonna all make sense later. I promise. Wait, wait. If you're talking about our third host, that's some racial shit. Because you know he's no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The zebra is that the zebra? (laughs) Hold on, hold on. He's, such a, he's such a dope-ass person. I would be the ass end of the zebra costume with our lavish <laughs> friends. He would get to stand up proud, and I'd be behind his ass bent over. You, you see, you said the word, though. It is lavish. Do we have a lavish host that that joins us each and every week? <laughs> this, this guy is, this is already off the rails. Is a, I know. I love it. This happened last week, too, when I, when I recorded PCC. Off the rails it is. But you know what? To bring us back on the rails and keep us focused on a week in wrestling, we got to give it up for the good brother, Way Two Pods, El Chocolate Caliente, Mocha Chocolate, Ya Ya. Good brother Wade, welcome back, brother. What's going on? Are you as confused as I am? Absolutely. <laughs> I do not know what's going on. We are off the rails already, but it's going to be a fun episode. Again, can't wait to talk wrestling with my brothers. Ah, it's going to be fun. I I love it. I look forward to this every week, guys. Guys, let's start off with the big event that we had this past weekend with Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling, hard to kill. All in all, start to finish, great show. Great show. Great great show. Lots of story development. Lots of uh, character development. Lots of stories coming to an end. Lots of stories beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot more of that... that AEW impact relationship. Mm-hmm. We got a lots to un- unpackage here. Uh, Brother Wade, you were the, the, uh, you're, you're the OG impact guy, man. So what did you think of hard to kill? I thought hard to kill was a very um, strong pay-per-view. It was really good. Again, the AEW impact relationship was good, but the matches itself, each match built up to something bigger and better and better. And surprisingly, the main event wasn't my favorite match of the night. Hmm. But overall, a great pay-per-view. Right on, right on. Uh, Maddie, you 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 uh, share the same sentiment. Yeah, Wade, Wade said it real well about the build-up. I, I think that the, the pacing of the pay-per-view definitely helped it. With all the great matches it had, if it had been a bit more jumbled, it might not have come out as the top-tier pay-per-view it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't want to sing too, too many praises because people think I'm probably just a WWE hater. But if you really take a step back and watch, this was another... And when I say another, I'm talking about this is, in my opinion, the third impact pay-per-view in a row that was well-paced, well-timed, well-produced, and and well-put on overall. Yeah, it was a banger. I hit you guys up immediately to ask if you had watched. Well, yeah. well, well worth the, the, the 40 bucks. Yep. It, it is every time. Yeah, I totally agree. It was great. So let's just do a quick rundown. Let's start off uh, with some news we got on the pre-show. We talked about it last week. 
mm. uh, with the commentary team changing over. So we did have Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown. D'Lo. You can't see what I am shaking my head like D'Lo. Uh, at the commentary table for Hard to Kill, which which I thought they they did pretty good. Delo's obviously a little bit little green mm-hmm. on commentary, but they were good. Mm-hmm. I like them together. I like, you know, I, I hope you guys can understand this too. Like, but listening to wrestling, if I'm not physically watching the TV and I turn my head, commentary still keeps me interested. Obviously, when you're watching wrestling from home, you know, you think back to watching Monday Night Raw during the Attitude Era. You had your your Jim Ross and your Jerry Lawler. You had your Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan on on, on Nitro. Uh, listening to prior to Hard to Kill, listening to Josh Matthews and Madison Rain. We all know they're married in real life. I wasn't a fan of their chemistry on commentary. Mm-hmm. I felt like Madison was always trying to reach for things to say what she said was always very vanilla I, they, they didn't really help tell a very good story i thought matt striker and Delo did a better job of that while still figuring out their still getting their footing uh what'd you guys think about their commentary real quick um i thought the commentary was good it was a solid um i give it maybe a b b for mm-hmm. some solid effort they did tell the story and kept it going i liked how they tied certain things and brought up different events that happened they knew and they knew their stuff about every single person they spoke about right. it wasn't like it was oh here's a bullet points of things to hit no they knew mm-hmm. especially matt striker who's a mark for wrestling knew so much about every single person so it's going to develop it's going to get time but i think maybe impact will start to develop a top-notch quality commentary team between those two i think so maddie yeah, I have to agree with Wade. Um, I think D'Lo needs to find his own voice. I was mentioning this to you, Bonesy. Uh, we, we ran into each other during the week and had a quick chance to catch up. Um, I think he needs to develop his own voice. I think his his trying to sound overexcited and sell it isn't his voice. His information was clear. He didn't fumble over his words. And uh, like, like, Bones said, uh, Bones, like, like Wade said, I, I really enjoyed their knowledge. Y- you noticed it more on the second night, the fallout, so I'm getting a bit ahead of myself but I feel like they were really introducing the wrestlers to people who didn't know the wrestlers. If you tuned in to impact pay-per-view for the first time, if hard to kill was your first time and you bought it because of the AEW crossover, I think striker and D'Lo did an excellent job presenting their product to new eyes. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, But now let's talk about Madison rain. Uh, Now this is something that I've saw reports on for a few weeks leading up till now that she was going to be retiring or leaving impact. I, we yeah. haven't said much on uh, anything or anything about it on the show because, you know, she hasn't said anything. But now she officially stated she is retiring mm-hmm. from Impact Wrestling. Now, I do find the wording very interesting. She's retiring from Impact Wrestling. There's no report that says she's retiring from professional wrestling. She had already done that. I, I got the pay-per-view. <clears throat> it, it was... Uh, God, I think it was like Detroit or something. I'm not even sure. I'm going to botch it all. Maybe Chicago. It was somewhere, somewhere Midwest. I'm pretty sure, but it was an independent show that had a pay-per-view going on and she had her retirement match there from pro wrestling. The way she worded it, their bones was she was retiring from pro wrestling, but not from impact or impact pay-per-views. Then I think that this was, I think, I think this is the end of the reign of Madison. I got you. Ooh, I see what you did there. I like Ooh. that. Boom. Mike drop shows over. Okay. Well then, you know what? Madison rain again, I wish uh, I'm sorry that I didn't catch up with her as a talent sooner. Mm-hmm. I only caught her obviously at the end. Now I, I do remember her amazing match at all in with uh, 
Tessa, Jordan, and Britt Baker, right? Mm-hmm. The Fatal Four Way, which I thought was awesome. Um, it's unfortunate I didn't get to see her more, but hey, we wish you the best, Madison Rain. Josh yeah. Matthews also gets a promotion as a head producer. Well deserved. Uh, well, deserved well deserved backstage. So looking for big things to happen in Impact. Yeah. Let's get let's get into some of the card now. Yeah, I want to start off very quickly. Talk about Decay versus Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. I think it's very interesting. Uh, Maddie and I were talking about this offline, you know, about the ultimate end of Taya Valkyrie's reign in Impact <laughs> Wrestling. Um, uh, and I think it all started when the for opening match was Decay versus Tennille and Caleb, how they were introduced as Decay, not Rosemary and Crazy Steve. That right there caught my interest as soon as I saw that. Um, do we think we're going to see a Father James Mitchell, uh, Sue Young thing happening? If they're, if they're going to bring Decay back, are they going to elaborate this story and bring all the characters that they that they have accessible back into it? Hmm. Well, Decay, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the OG when it comes to impact. Decay was uh, Rosemary, Crazy Steve and Abyss. Right. Abyss is a producer for WWE now, so he's not part of it. Mm-hmm. We could possibly see and I think this could happen. Yes, I agree with your whole statement. We're going to see a mix and mash of Sue Young or Susan, Susan or Susie or, or, or Susie, yeah. which, by the way, Sue Young is the MVP right now. Hands <laughs> down. Oh, yeah. Um. And Deanna, I, I feel that you have a nice little mix now, because especially since Deanna's gone on, and we'll talk about that later after what she went through in that match, mm-hmm. there's no other contenders. We can see Rosemary move up now. Mm-hmm. Rosemary's in, uh, an OG, and she just signed in a long, longer contract, yeah. Long-term deal with Impact again. Mm-hmm. So I see big plans for her, too. Right on. Um, uh, the match itself was what it needed to be. Uh, Caleb with the K is actually a pretty good in-ring performer. He does his job well. Eh, the match, it is what it is. But let's go on. To, oh, first of all, I want to very quick. I don't. We don't got to talk about the match. It was uh, Eric Young, Joe Doring, and and Diener versus Tommy Dreamer, Rhino, and Cousin Jake in the old school match. Violent by Design is the name of Eric Young's group. Love it. I think it's Love a very it. cool name. So it makes them a team. Mm-hmm. I, I hate them. to say it, it's simple things. Having a matching T-shirt or having a team name, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's one of those things. Right. And, and all of us being those old school tag team uh, fans, we always talk about that. You know, tag teams are two guys that are put together as a tag team. You know, right. and this this solidifies them as a faction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've mentioned it. This very well could be what Sanity should have been. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to really be able to show that what it is and who, who else they're going to add. Who, or If anyone else, who knows? But I do like how they how they are solidifying them as a team now. Yeah. And again, the match it was what it was, and it was what it needed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go right to the knockouts tag team championship tournament finals. Wade, you called it from day one. We all started to agree as the weeks went on, and we got Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles defeating Havoc and Avea to win the knockouts tag team championships. Uh, Maddie, I believe you mentioned this. When they came out already introduced as Fire and Flavor prior to the match, big mistake. I feel like that kind of gave it away. Like, okay, mm-hmm. they're gonna we the they yep. should have won it and then introduced themselves Avin, a, as the name. Hold up the belts while you're being interviewed and say, from now on, you can call us to right. to have to have your name announced as your walk. They could have done it last round 
mm-hmm. they could have done it after this match. Right. The placement was poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very I think true. so. Agreed. However, you had mentioned it too. They did give one hell, and the rub goes both ways. It was a real nice move for Madison Rain to have an important spot walking out with one half of the tag belt and to have Gail Kim, Gail Kim, Gail right? Kim and Madison Rain give the rub mm-hmm. to the new knockouts tag champs. Mm-hmm. I, I think within the sphere of impact or TNA or whatever it is, you couldn't have had two higher caliber, more iconic women, quote unquote, pass the torch. Right to, to, to Kiara and Tasha. It was just, it, it was well done the whole way around if you take the timing of the name reveal out. Right. Now, Wade, in, in historic TNA, what, knockout, were Gail Kim and Madison Rain knockout champions together? Um, they've been they've been part of the Knockouts Champion Dynasty. I don't think they've ever worked together as a Sep- tag team. Gotcha. Separately. Okay. But Madison has been tag team. Madison's been Knockouts Tag Team Champions twice. Okay. So, yeah. Gotcha. Now, fr- from your experience, you know, following the knockouts, what did you think about this match? Um, I thought it was very good. I still had the outcome going the same way. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Again, the knockouts prove again that they are one of the toughest women's divisions in wrestling. Mm-hmm. We keep seeing it every week. I'm very happy to see Tasha Steeles and Kiara Hogan getting something to do with titles. Now I just want to see, now that they have the championships, who's next? Who's the next team that's going to go up against them? Where is this leading to? Are they going to have a long mm-hmm. reign? Right. That's what I want to see what happens. But overall, the match was was good. It was a good match. Yeah. Yeah, the match wasn't, you know, it wasn't a five-star match, but exactly what it needed to be. Told a great story, and it really helped give the rub to Steels and Hogan. So, g- great job for that. And again, hoping to see where this Knockouts Tag Division goes and how it evolves. Then we have a debut happen that none of us saw. And it's funny, because I was just thinking a few weeks ago, you know, we had this, this, big, <laughs> this, this big run-in from this guy that's always there. And now he hasn't been there in weeks. What happened to him? Well, Matt Cardona, who was always ready, showed up on Impact at Hard to Kill to take on uh, Ace Austin. Got the win by DQ, but uh, it was great to see Matt Cardona. And it looks like he has officially signed now with Impact Wrestling. Uh, I'm cool with it. It's all right. You know what? It's It's a better look for him overall. I feel... Him signing with Impact puts him in a better spotlight. He can go for other titles. He, can, he pretty much can go for any title he wants at this point due to his weight and, his, and size and everything. Right. He's, and he finally gets to be a big fish in a small pond because I feel if he were an AEW, he would get lost in the shuffle and we would just say, oh, he's one of Cody's friends. That's the only reason he has a contract. Mm-hmm. In Impact, he gets time to go after Ace Austin, go after the X Division title, go after the Impact World title. You have so much you can do with, um, I almost called him Zack Ryder again, but <laughs> you have so much to do with him. Also, let's not forget, the guy is, works with action figure people. I think right. low-key him and Hawkins being there, or Hawkins, wow, I called it Brian Myers being there, <laughs> is going to lead to an Impact figure deal. Yes, I love that. I love that idea. Real quick sidebar, guys, talking about action figures. I was listening to an episode of Busted Open this week. I don't listen to them very often because I don't like, like Maddie says, to be influenced on my opinions before we record. But mm-hmm. Wednesdays, it's Dave LaGreca and Tommy Dreamer. They talk about, like, 
wrestling history, nostalgic stuff. Yeah, man. And they're fun together. They interviewed the owners from this place called Pandora's Box in Lafayette, New Jersey, which supposedly has the largest wrestling memorabilia selection in like the state. Okay, um, show's over. I gotta get off. We gotta go. Yeah, I gotta so go we right need to, I'm a, I'm a regular cut, there. My my rockers, my rockers action figures mm-hmm. that are out in my workbench, those are from Pandora's box. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. now that brother Wade is back in the state, in the garden back, state back for a short time, we have mm-hmm. to take an NNW field trip to Pandora's box in Lafayette, New Jersey. And fans, we might just have to vlog it for you as well. So you could uh see the shenanigans that occur in our in our road trip, but let's go back to three, impact three, hard to kill three marks and masks, three marks, three yes. marks and masks. Oh, I like that. Well, what mask do you have, Maddie? Oh, I was going to wear my medical mask. If the three of us were oh. going to be in the same car together. <laughs> That's a very, <laughs> all right. On that note, well, let's, let's continue with it. <laughs> if you want, if you want to go, if you want to go Lucha, I can do my, my Eagles Lucha mask. We can nice. have uh we can have Wade go foundation, but, but yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I, I was talking about wearing PPE around dudes that I'm not normally around. <laughs> oh, I was going to wear, I was going to wear my medical mask as well, but I was also going to wear a medical mask with my new normal wrestling um, mask. I just ordered. Oh, nice. Where'd you order that from Wade? Where'd you order oh, that yeah. from? Where'd you I, get that from? Uh, I believe it's a lavish website that you are. I don't want to mess it up because I usually botch it when it comes to the websites around <laughs> I'm I've pretty sure that it. lavish website you're speaking of is on tpublic.com. You can check yeah. out the fourth wall swag shop and get your official fourth wall merch and swag today. Mm-hmm. Check, follow the, the link in our bio. So guys, back to Impact Hard to Kill. We had, which I think may be Wade's best match of the night, the X Division Championship match, triple threat with Manic defeating and retaining over Chris Bay and Rohit Raju. Great match. There was a couple slip-ups, mm. a couple botched spots that I, you know what they were going for, but it wasn't sloppy where it was to a point where it's like, oh, that really takes away from the match itself. Uh, Wade, am I right in saying this is your match of the night? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to – I agreed. You know what? You pretty much nailed it on the head. It was a very good match, but not great. There were a few slip-ups. But otherwise, when it comes to the X Division, every match seems to have that issue. But I enjoyed it overall. Um, I feel the wrong person won the match, and it kind of puts a damper on it a little bit. But overall, still a good match. Because you, you had Chris Bay winning that match, didn't you? Yes, I did. did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maddie, what what'd you think, brother? I, I was a huge fan. I mean, if you watch any uh, of – you know, the triple A stuff. If you watch any real Lucha wrestling, you're going to see those kind of slip ups mm-hmm. moving as quickly as they do and doing the, the move sets that they do also with the different style of rules. You, you were, you were mentioning, uh, uh we're going to discuss a couple matches later that had some tornado style rules or no rules rules. I, I feel that the X division, when you get into a triple threat or a fatal four way, because of the speed with which most of those matches go, you're going to end up with that. It didn't take away from me at all. Um, I do disagree. I think I mentioned last week that I was sitting on a three-way fence, which was very uncomfortable because I completely understand anybody who came out with this. I like the fact that they ripped off Manic's mask, and I like the fact that the idiot announcers sold the face paint with, well, we don't know for sure. It right. was excellent storytelling. They, they continued to do the one thing we said Impact is really doing better than anybody else. They told us a story, and, and I got to tell you, man, these three together are gold. Mm-hmm. And I either, I, I, 
Chris Bay, Chris Bay needs the belt when this story is over. Chris Bay needs to hold the title for a while. Chris Bay then needs to go on to defeat an ace Austin, a higher profile, longer running champion. I think ace is going to move into the main title picture and Chris Bay is going to be, I don't want to say placeholder because that's wrong, but he's going to be the watermark for this title for a while. Mm-hmm. I think that right now, either Rohit with the belt or chasing is gold. I think that Chris Bay needs to get the belt when all this clears up. I, I don't think the wrong guy won because it continues this storyline. One title now has something for three really good guys that probably wouldn't have too much to do if this title wasn't around. It's like Wade said before, they've created a story for them within this brand of X division. And it's only going to branch out from there. Right. Uh, I do agree with Matt. I do. I do agree that the right man won the match and they can still continue this story. Cause I do feel like impact has been trying to find their footing since they returned right before Slammiversary. Like, Hey, here's all of our talent. Here's all of our titles. Now, what do we do? What are some good programs we can really get into and sink our teeth into? Some long-term programming. And they have that with the X Division. You know, you have uh, Raju, Bay, and Manic, but you have Ace Austin in the shadows who just won this tournament. Just won the X Cup. The X Cup tournament, who has rightfully should be the number one contender for the X Division title. So you still have that going. There's a lot of intertwining stories moving on with this. So I do like where this continuation can go. But again, like we were just talking about, you've got Ace Austin coming out to say how he should be in this match and it should Mm -hmm. be a four-way. Right before the match, he didn't come out and cut a promo in the beginning or at some weird point. He did it right before that match was supposed to start. And then we're talking about continuation of long-term storytelling. Well, the X Division was a big part of what was going on in Wrestle House, which led to the Johnny Bravo shooting, which was then followed up during the pay-per-view with the women's match that was booked immediately after the X division. If you take a look, they were all puzzle pieces, but they, they gave us segues. We're not creating mega segues here on our show. We're following the flow that impact laid out and they crushed it. Exactly. You know, I'm glad you broke it down like that. I didn't even think of that, but the way you, you just broke it down it makes it, it makes the storytelling that much, that, that much better, you know? But let's move on now to the women's the knockouts championship match. Deanna Parazzo retaining over Taya Valkyrie. <laughs> See now, th- this is where I feel Wade's match of the night was. Yes. So you know what, Wade? I'm going to let you take it away. But yeah, before you run. start, <laughs> I was critical about how the match started off. It did not oh. need the shenanigans. Nope. Because when you have Kimberly putting her hands. Was it Kimberly her putting her hands on Taya outside of the ring? It should have yeah, been a it DQ. Yeah. It mm-hmm. should have been a DQ. That should have happened before the bell rang. That's what we discussed. If all that happened before the ding, 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 and mm-hmm. everybody got tossed, right. all is forgiven. But for it mm-hmm. to happen within the first 90 seconds, yeah, DQ. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. I also think that they didn't wrestle long enough. I feel like they could have had more time. I feel like the shenanigans took away from those two. But Wade, take it away, brother. Um, I'm going to say, first off, I agree with both of you. The shenanigans were not needed. It offset the match from what it should have been. If this was Taya's send-off, then you should have handled a little better. But it feels like when a knockout title is involved, there's always some shenanigans involved, Mm -hmm. especially when there's other characters. I agree. Kimberly hitting uh, Taya off the rip should have been an automatic DQ, but Mm -hmm. for story purposes, it had to go that way, and you had to make the story last a little longer. 
But overall, yeah, I would have given them more time. But the chemistry between Taya and Deanna was great for them mm-hmm. not wrestling, having wrestled each other that much right. or having interactions with each other. One thing I want to point out, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but it's something I was watching with uh, with Jess and a few friends. Do you ever notice when Taya's in a submission, she has this weird smile on her face? Like mm. she enjoys it. I'm like, what the? <laughs> that threw me off a little bit. That threw me off a little I was like, you're supposed to show you're in pain now that you're enjoying it. Like, Deanna had her in the arm bar, and I'm like, okay. All right, she's <laughs> screaming. And then she's smiling the whole mm-hmm. time. So I'm like, is this part of your gimmick or is right. this some kind of like weird enjoyment just for you? not selling? Yeah, are you not <laughs> selling it? Like, what's going on? But oh, again, Taya is, as much as I don't like that part of her uh, aspect, the match overall was great. Deanna delivered. And I want to say again, Deanna is proving why Impact chose her to be wrestler of the year mm-hmm. and knockout of the yeah. year. Every match with her, you have to pay attention. She is one of the up the up and coming, even though she's been around for years, rising women stars in wrestling. Yeah. But now that does bring us to Taya Valkyrie. Obviously, as we know, with the aftermath of Hard to Kill, we did find out that uh, the story of who shot Johnny Bravo finally came to a head. It was Taya Valkyrie this whole time. And that was the uh, that was the official send off. It looks like Taya is officially done now with Impact. From what I read in reports, her uh, contract was up for a couple months, but she continued until this program was was done. Don't know what that pro, means because she's, she's a, a pro. She's a professional, right? She cares about the name about, on the front of the jersey mm-hmm. more than the name on the, on back, the back of the jersey. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's a professional, and she's been with Impact for so long too. It, it, she she did right by the company. I did have something to add to that. Um, mm-hmm. They said after the impact tapings, she didn't go back home. She went to Florida. Mm. Just saying she's in Florida. Okay, so I have to jump in on this now because my favorite part of the whole thing was after. Thank you, Wade. Just mm-hmm. just tee it up there, baby. I'm going to smack it out. Thank after you. everything was said and done, when AC Romero and Tommy Dreamer were talking about Ty's quote-unquote sentencing, mm-hmm. and he goes, well, if she's lucky, she'll head down to Tampa, uh, you know, in their country club for a couple years. But considering what she did and how egregious it is, she'll probably have to do two, maybe three years at the Stanford Maximum Security. Them <laughs> digging on WWE and kind of goofing Love a little it. bit on AEW at the mm-hmm. same time. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I know it's inside baseball. But again, if you were not, if, if you're not a fan like we are and you didn't catch it, mm-hmm. it played into the storyline. She right. committed a crime. If she goes to Florida, it's a country club. If she goes to Stanford, it's it's maximum security. Very funny. But mm-hmm. for those of us who can read between the lines, the little jabs at the other companies, especially especially by a cat like Tommy Dreamer, mm-hmm. you know you know Tommy participated in and helped produce All In. Right. Um, you know he was WWE for quite some time in this and that. I, to, Tommy Dreamer can do it in a playful way. Where all right, yeah, he was totally digging on WWE right there, but it was still playful and fun. So right. j- job well done really wrapping up that storyline about shipping her off to whatever her next job is being, you know, a, a, a country club or a maximum security sentence. Well, listen, we're, we're going to speculate uh, at the end of the episode about some Royal Rumble predictions. Uh, we're going to see Taya appear in the women's Royal Rumble. We're going to see Taya before we see a Tessa. Wait, cause I know Wade, you mentioned oh. something about Tessa. Oh, hell yeah. Showing up. Mm-hmm. I think it's oh, Taya. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think so, Ataya has more value 
mm-hmm. than a Tessa. Yes. It, when, when you bring Tessa in, you have to worry about the backstage stuff, and then you've immediately got to put her in the forefront. Right. When you bring a Taya mm-hmm. Valkyrie in, Taya is instantly a credible tag team partner. She is right. instantly a main event person. She is instantly somebody who can get a new up-and-comer over. Mm-hmm. Taya, Taya is that Teflon that we talk about all the time. For a woman of her size, stature, and clout stature to go down, just to lay, not lay down. It was a hell of a match. But it put Deanna Perrazzo in the situation that it needs to be. Also, if this is the send-off, then Deanna Perrazzo can cash in on what they always hoped Roman Reigns could with the Undertaker thing. Deanna can always say she pushed Taya Valkyrie out of impact. Mm-hmm. I beat her so bad she had to leave. I feel that Taya can do that no matter where she goes. I know you think it's going to be Rumble, and it makes a lot of sense with her husband, John Morrison, being mm-hmm. over in WWE right now. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, if there was a women's mm-hmm. division that was screaming for a five-tool player, it would be Taya mm-hmm. in AEW. Mm-hmm. Especially with what AEW just announced this week. Especially with what they announced this week. Wait, uh, run with it. Drop it. They announced you teased it. The women's tournament between yeah, the USA and Japan. The, the, the World Cup Eliminator, right? Mm-hmm. Now, my question is, isn't Taya, and I don't know, you can quote me on this, isn't she Canadian? Yes. Mm-hmm. So so technically she's a Canadian with U.S. ties, so technically she could still be part of this tournament, right? While mm-hmm. holding the Reina de Reina, de Reina uh, right. championship. Which she still has. From Troy, <laughs> yep. which she still has. Longest reigning. Yep. I forget who has the longest reign, either her or Kaylee Ray with the NXT UK title. It's so confusing. Right. Uh, but, Yeah. I could see her in that tournament or in the Royal Rumble. We have many yep. options to play with with her. Yeah, definitely a lot of options, and I really hope we. I hope we get to see her somewhere very soon. I, I also think she deserves whatever she chooses. She's been all over the world, busting her ass. Mm-hmm. She moved to Mexico mm-hmm. alone. She learned the language. She became royalty down there. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go, you see Taya Valkyrie. It's a high profile match. I think any roster that ends up with her instantly moves up a point in not just credibility, but talent. So yeah. Taya, thank you for everything you did at impact. If you're not staying there and this is actually real good luck, wherever you go, we will mm-hmm. definitely be watching. You are primetime TV. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are hot take. You're better than your husband. That's all. Wow. 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 I love Johnny Mundo Morrison impact and Hennigan. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't know. I forget his actual <laughs> again, last his actual name. name. Listen, the only the only drip drip we accepting right here is Maddie Drip Drip. Maddie, so let's oh, keep drip drip. Maddie, Maddie drip, drip drip. Maddie Drip Drip over Johnny Drip Drip all day. All day. Just saying, Taya. Sorry, I'm not available. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm just happy I got to see Taya Valkyrie live, not in a match, but at the Triple A press conference before they took over New York City a couple years ago mm-hmm. uh, at MSG. Myself and my other co-host from my other show, Pop Culture Collective, also found right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network, got to go to the AAA press conference at MSG, set, sitting across the aisle from uh, Uncle Dave Meltzer, along with a few other uh, dirt sheet riders that we are all familiar with. Uh, and we got to see Tessa Blanchard with Daga was there. Taya Valkyrie was there. Some of the other stars from AAA. And uh, it was really cool to see Taya and Tessa have a confrontation on the stage. We're like four rows back. I mean, this is fucking awesome. Like, Taya is an impressive woman in person. Yeah, very much. Very much. Yeah. But anyway, guys, we got a lot more to talk about. Let's, let's quickly run through the rest of uh, hard to kill with some of the aftermath. Let's move on to some AEW NXT news. Uh, quick cinematic match talk. 
Karate Man versus Ethan Page. Yeah. Uh, I've seen better, and Ethan Page has gone on record at not being happy at all with Impact, and I do believe this was Ethan Page's send-off in some way as well. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was very hokey, though. It was very, very hokey. That's what I was going to say. You had to buy into the fact that it was going to be hokey. It didn't have the production value that the Boneyard match did. However, I've gone on record in the past few weeks having purchased Talking Shopamania 1 and Talking Shopamania 2 with that kind of goofy feel to it. Uh, I thought it was fun. I thought it was different. I'm glad he got a chance to be creative. If he is on his way out, you know, he can say as much as he wants that Impact put a bad spin on it. Mm-hmm. it. It shows a different side of him. It was something different. It wasn't rinse to repeat. Uh, it was, uh, I was, I was slightly entertained. I, I giggled yeah. at it. You know, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting a masterpiece. I didn't get a masterpiece. Right. It was just, you know what, the first one was better. If you go on his actual YouTube page and watch that one, that one is better. But I actually, since I'm one of his Patreons, he did speak on it a little bit. He said that he wanted to make it hokey. He wanted to have it. He's like, and it, me versus myself, it's hokey enough. Right. Impact told him one thing and then did a complete 360 on him and cha- well, whatever the degrees, angle, how it right. worked, and completely botched it for him and made it more hokey than it should have been. Right. But he said, it is what it is. I left the company. It's time to move on. It, that's it. He's not bashing them. He said, it, it will happen, happen. It's time to move on. I thought the match was okay. Mm. I liked the Mortal Kombat references. It was yep. funny. Yeah. I cracked up about that. The bicycle was, kick was the best part of it. Yep. Exactly. The bicycle kick was great, but um, eh, it was okay. It was yeah. all right. Not the star match of the night. But it was something different. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it turned it turned a wrestling show into more of a variety show. Right. We had a little backstage cinematic with AC Romero doing his investigation. We had a little cinematic goofy match. Mm-hmm. They, they put in a little... First of all, it also wasn't 14 minutes. Like, right. <laughs> it, it was a bite-sized piece. It was a mm-hmm. palate cleanser. It was fucking... It was sorbet. Right. Or right. fennel, for, for those Italians who know what fennel is. Um, but you know, so what are, you, are you saying the rest of us don't understand root vegetables? Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't get it. Like I, I love Italian food. You're disrespectful. Hey, 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 all right. Hey, I'm just saying, but l- let's go back to what you said real quick. I want to piggyback <laughs> off of what Wade was saying, how Ethan did say that he is done now with the company. Mm-hmm. It's hard to not think because we're getting so close to the rumble. Maybe we could see him show up in the Royal rumble, you know? Uh, but now from you being a Patreon, you want to give us some inside dirt on where he might be heading, Brother Wade? We don't we do not do spoilers on this show. Um, well, since I'm a Patreon, he's been real radio silent about it. He's okay. been talking about mostly his, his uh, he, you know, he's, he's getting time to spend with his kids, things like that, right. but video games. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And I mean, he is where he, he did post. He's working on some new gear. So, mm. OK, cool. I don't. I don't know. Maybe the Royal Rumble, maybe NXT, maybe AW. Wherever he goes, it's going to be great. I I love I became a real big fan of Ethan Page from watching his work, you know, with the North and just seeing what he's done on impact. So Mm -hmm. plus plus the body transformation he's had. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, he he went he went from, you know, he he went from a a guy to a a, a looks like a pro wrestler in Mm -hmm. good. Good on him. Yeah, yeah. Which also leads me to believe he's going up north. Mm. You know, well, Vince and the crew are body guys. They are. You're right. You're right. And he he'd be perfect in an NXT. Oh man, 
Yeah. But anyway, let's move on to the next match, guys. The fourth ever barbed wire massacre match between Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards. What a match. That was my match match. of the night. Interesting. Again, this is my first barbed wire massacre match. Interesting how the ring was set up with like one side of a cage. Mm -hmm. It looked like Mm -hmm. some things accidentally fell when they shouldn't have. Oh, yeah. That that, table, the the, the plywood with the the barbed wire. That it, broke while Eddie Edwards that's was packing what it was, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it looked a little clumsy because there was so much stuff in the ring, but it didn't take away from what these two guys did. See, you say clumsy. I mentioned this a couple times, like when people cut promos and stammer over their words a little bit. And I said, in real life, when you're emotional, you don't speak clearly. Right. I feel like the things that were a little bit goofy were two guys that really had some shit to work out. Mm-hmm. I, the, the, the parts that might have been, quote unquote, sloppy to me made it feel more emotional. I hate this man so much. I don't know what to do next. OK, I definitely see your take. Wait, what do you think about the match, bro? I thought it was OK. You know what? It wasn't your typical barbed wire massacre match. We usually wouldn't nope. a barbed wire massacre match. The ring ropes are covered in barbed wire and that's it. OK. Then, and maybe they'll include some explosives every now and then. That's how it usually <laughs> works. No, they usually is how oh, it yeah, works. Because barbed that wire means- and explosives, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand in wrestling. Yeah, they-, they have to go together. <laughs> yeah. like- and in apostrophe America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know what? It was a very good match again. Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan are what I Teflon when it comes mm-hmm. to, to impact wrestling. So again, no match they put on against each other is going to be a bad one. Nope. Uh, a lot of blood. And this is how you end a feud for a while. These two do not have to interact anymore after mm-hmm. this. A blood feud ended with what we wanted. We got a bloody ass match and a mm-hmm. bloody ass ending. So now these two can move on. And maybe if the Impact World title suddenly comes into play again mm-hmm. between one of them, mm-hmm. you can revisit this. So again, my second pick for match of the night, but overall a beautiful, bloody Mm-hmm. and to a feud for now. Right. It, it also had my favorite spot in, in definitely this pay-per-view and probably quite a few of the past impact pay-per-views when Eddie picked up the baseball bat covered in barbed wire mm-hmm. and Sammy picked up the kendo stick wrapped in barbed wire and they realized that they had mm-hmm. each other's weapon du jour mm-hmm. and they switched before going after each other. Like, that was just one of those cool, like, yeah, that like we cool. know each other so well. We're we're so we're so into this feud that I don't want to get beat with my weapon. I want to get beat with your weapon. It was just right. it was it was a cool spot between two guys that were so so close. Like any minute it was going to bust out. Wade Wade mentioned this last week. I think he mentioned I don't remember who it was, but like a buddy cop movie situation. At any moment, these two that hate each other so much are going to have to work for a common goal. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that switching of the weapons was kind of that minute. Like, right. yo, I hate you more than I hate anybody on earth, but that also means I respect you somewhere. Yeah. No, I, I really appreciated that moment in that match too. But again, overall, the match was awesome. Great psychology, great storytelling. These two are friggin' phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, like, like what Wade said, it, there should be a championship in both of their futures. I mean, I know Eddie Edwards just had it in 2020, but still, these guys are both championship material. But now let's move on to the main event, which had champions from two promotions. We had the team of Kenny Omega, who was our AEW champion, teaming up with the Good Brothers, who are our current Impact Tag Team champions, taking on Rich Swan, 
our current Impact World Champion, uh, along with was supposed to be the Motor City Machine Guns, but Alex Shelley was unable <laughs> to compete. So it was team. He was teaming with Chris Sabin and Moose. You you mean you mean the shocking out of nowhere MVP of the night, Moose? Yeah, <laughs> we need to let's talk about Moose real quick. Yes. First of all, that was probably again from my short time watching Moose. This was his the best I've seen him in the ring. It has nothing to do with your short time. We have seen the best moose that has ever moosed over the past two to three weeks. Yeah, best I, moose that's ever moosed. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, mo- mo- motherfucker is Bullwinkle right now. Right? He is the greatest moose. Mm-hmm. The best moose you can moosely get. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I mean, seriously, like that Spanish fly to Omega off the fucking top rope was awesome. Awesome. Mm, fantastic. Mo- moose <laughs> did a great job. Moose did a good job of, hey, I don't like you guys. I don't I don't like Rich Swan because I want your title. But hey, we have a common enemy for tonight. But we're also we're all impact and impact comes first. So we're going to work for our brand and we're going to focus on the enemy today. Mm-hmm. A, a, a guy who, in my opinion, has the hardest time with the microphone. He's a big, intimidating guy. When he does big, intimidating guy stuff, good for him. Mm-hmm. He showed us in this match that, like you said, the Spanish fly from the top with Kenny. Huge. Yeah. Awesome. In my opinion, Moose is downright horrible on the microphone. I don't like yeah. his syntax. I don't like his pacing. I don't like his cadence. He had two major promos backstage with Rich Swan and Chris Saban and with Don Callis later. Yeah. And he crushed both of those. Mm-hmm. I, I just – not not lying, not low-key. I'm going to sing his praises. Moose was the out-of-nowhere MVP on what was already a great pay-per-view. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, I think it. I think it shocked all of us when we heard that Moose was going to be filling in for Shelley. We were disappointed, the three of us. Yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were disappointed. We were but talking we, shit <laughs> yeah. time. But then we were pleasantly surprised with what <sighs> what the final product was. And again, m- props to Moose. I I cannot wait to see what they do with him next. But he really helped make this match. That he added an element that this match didn't already have. Mm-hmm. And ah, that's, yeah, I think I like the match better with Moose than I would have if it was Shelly and Saban as the partners. Because of the Good Brothers, I have to agree. Moose balanced out the big LG. Yes. Oh, oh, yes. definitely did. He definitely did. You have you have a nice balance of two small guys and one big guy. Mm-hmm. It, it worked out very well. Moose was the MVP, and I what we got to credit it back to EC3. Oh, EC3 put EC3. Moose on his path. Uh huh. He EC3. pushed him to that. EC3 posted, uh, I think it was prior to Hard to Kill, about Moose. Mm-hmm. It was this long Instagram post about what he did in Impact, what he did to Moose, and now this is Moose's time to shine. Like, he mm-hmm. fucking put Moose over, which was awesome. And, but, and, and it, he did. He did. Yeah. Somebody, somebody gave Moose a microphone and a spotlight, and he took advantage of it. He right. made the most of his minutes. Moose has to capitalize on this, so don't take any steps backwards, Moose. We're, we're, we're counting on you. We, we uh, want to be pleasantly surprised again. Exactly. I, I, I love the post-match beatdown they showed during the fallout on Tuesday about mm-hmm. how, how I said I was your teammate during the match. The match is over. I, I, I'm with you, Bones. He yeah. can't afford to step backwards. I, I don't even think he can afford to stand still. We right. ha- he's, he's built up so much bad credit with me personally that if he doesn't, they, they, they only need to be baby steps. He mm-hmm. only has to show me that he's still on the path. 
but right. he has to continue on said path for to wash away the. I mean, Christ, Moose has been there what five years? Wade, four years? It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like at least five or six years now. Five or six. Oh yeah. Six so so okay. for him to erase all the bad will, he does need to continue moving forward. But you're right, Bones. He's on yeah. the right path. Yeah. But now it seems like he's on the path to go after the Impact Championship. But let's ult- now let's go mm-hmm. to the ultimate ending of this main event with. Kenny Omega pinning Rich Swan, our AEW champion pinning the Impact champion. Now, in wrestling, in wrestling history, we know that hey, if you just pin the champion in a non-title match, you're eligible or probably soon to be eligible for a championship match. Mm-hmm. There's obviously been a lot of rumors and talks about that's it's going to end up being champion versus champion. But if that's where this goes, how does Moose play into this also? Because Moose is in that championship picture. Because in AEW, who is chasing Omega for that championship? Moxley? Yeah, I guess so. But it's almost, it's almost, I'm not coming after you for the title. I'm coming after you because of what you fucking did to me, you piece of shit. You know? So, Wade, you, you're, say something, <laughs> man. You're, you're waiting. Just tell, First what is going on now? So, Explain. Guys, I don't know if you saw on the interwebs, but did you see what AEW just trademarked? Yes. It's funny you bring up championships. Uh, AEW just trademarked something very interesting. Maddie, you want to spoil it? Uh, no, 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 no. You got. Uh, I'll give Bonesy a clue. It's a battle. Okay, Bonesy okay. didn't catch it. Wait, hit him with it, brother. <clears throat> AEW officially today has trademarked... Oh. This phrase, and I want to see the smile and reaction to it because Maddie said battle. They have officially just trademarked Battle of the Belts. Yes! NWA coming back, baby. What, baby? Oh, it's fucking awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Battle of the Belts. This is this is just doing wonders for both AEW and Impact. More so for Impact because Impact's getting more eyes on their product now than they probably have in a long time. Hell yeah. Since, yeah. since probably since they were on Spike. This is phenomenal. Ufa. Uh, what they're doing is, is absolutely great, but now that leads us to more of the hard-to-kill aftermath. Let's go on to Impact from Tuesday real quick. Fucking Money Matt Hardy and Private Party show up on Impact, end up in a number-one contenders match for the Impact Tag Team Championships, and Private Party wins. Private Party, who's on the roster for AEW, is number-one contender now for the Impact Tag Team Championships. You, you, you left a part of that out, though. They they beat arguably one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time. Well, who then right. teamed with the cowboy James with, Storm? You're right. Yeah, so we can't like, we can't take that away. They they faced Chris Sabin and James Storm for the number one contendership. Um, it looks like James Storm is probably going to be sticking around with Impact for a while now. He's been he's been utilized a few times here and there, but I think if Shelly's going to be out for a long run. It looks like James Storm might end up sticking around for a little while. Uh, I haven't read anything about it. I thought I thought Storm has just kind of been a mercenary, but I, well, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, I haven't wouldn't seen reports. That's my speculation. Okay, but I think I think it does make sense. But anyway, but Private Party. First of all, this is great for Private Party. Private Party, I feel like hit a hit a ceiling in AEW, mm-hmm. and I think giving them a bigger, um, what's the word? A bigger platform maybe palette yeah well platform one a bigger palette of opponents for them to face Uh, is going to help better their in-ring skills because i think we could all agree private party's good but they still have to work on a lot of their in-ring chemistry together mm. 
I, I get critical on them. They they they, they, they botch things here and there that I, I kind of pick out, and they're, they're it's just that they're very noticeable. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. They're like the Street Profits light. I feel like with their gimmick, a little very, bit. very, very light. They're they're like they're like the road guessers. Like yeah, they, they like they, they, you bought this off a of fucking you bought this off the corner at Fifty Seventh and Broadway, uh, right? Who's selling Folkleys. I like I like the Street Profits and I like Private Party. Private Party. I thought they hit their ceiling when they beat the Young Bucks in that tag title tournament, and right. then didn't do anything else after that. Mm-hmm. I feel they are like. And Motor City Light or Young Bucks Light, just without mm-hmm. all the great chemistry and body of work. Right. Them doing this now helps them in the biggest way because they're not uh-huh. only getting a rub from another company, they're facing one of the best tag teams in wrestling history. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. I could see them, hell, what if they win the Impact titles? That would be a huge shocker to everybody. I doubt it. But... I doubt it, but I, I wouldn't put it past them, like them meaning the, the creative between mm-hmm. both shows to make something like that happen. As, especially if they're going to continue this relationship between, between the two promotions. That's what this promotion, promotional pro, to promotion feud needs now. Mm-hmm. Someone from your mm-hmm. promotion holding one of my championships. That's what this needs. Exactly. You can have people show up on different shows so you're fucking blue in the face. But until one of it, an AEW guy has an impact title or vice versa, that's what makes this something you can really sink your teeth into. I I thought if if you looked if you looked at the the close up of Omega's face at the end of Hard to Kill, mm-hmm. he was mouthing it, it must have been I won or something. I don't know what it was, but I thought he was going to take off with Swan's title because right. he had pinned Swan. Mm-hmm. I thought he was calling for that belt. I, I'm with right. you. Yeah. Normally I'm the kind of guy to let things burn, but I think I think that an AEW wrestler or team taking one of the titles from Impact really kicks this to the next level. Right. And what Impact is doing also by having so many AEW uh, talent on the show is really awesome. Like, we got to see Tony Khan, Jerry Lynn, Matt Hardy, <laughs> Private Party, and Kenny Omega all on Impact. That's six mm-hmm. AEW stars on Impact TV this mm-hmm. week. You know? So... Awesome. Kudos to both promotions for what they're doing. Uh, again, we can speculate till we're blue in the face, but things change week to week. And we have four hours each week for things to change. Two of Impact, two of AEW. So we have to now wait and see what else happens. Because obviously also Aftermath from Heart to Kill, Moose and Rich Swan did ultimately have a confrontation backstage, mm-hmm. which it does look like Impact's going to push Moose and Rich Swan in that direction. But Omega is looking in the background. Something's going to come of that. Also, we can't not talk about the Young Bucks and Don Callis with their little interaction at Omega's house and ultimately <laughs> how, how they mm-hmm. gave Callis a fucking shiner. Now, what do you guys think is happening? Is Callis trying to pay off the Bucks to leave Omega alone behind Omega's back? Or mm-hmm. is this what Omega wants? I think the invisible hand is doing some invisible dealings. And we've got the very first inkling 
that this will eventually implode and everything will be fine with Kenny and the Bucks. Yeah. It might be farther down the road, but I think that we're going to this is just this is just going to get so snarky and twisted and sadistic before that happens. This was just the very I, I don't even want to say tip of the iceberg. This was the 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 seagull floating above the tip of the iceberg. Right. Him try Don Cal is trying to get by off Matt and Nick. Um I, I just when it finally implodes, I think it's going to be everybody goes back to their lines. We're eventually going to see Don Callis turn on the AEW top guy and protect his own impact investment. I think that this is Don using Kenny to get impact over, and that's going to be the end game six, eight months down the road. Draw this mm. out for a year. Have a come to a head at anniversary of 2022. You know, draw yeah. this out. And they mm-hmm. can. They have enough talent between both shows to draw this out and give us some side stories here and there. And they're all, like you said, it's only four-hour shows, and both shows run commercials. So when right. you think about it, it's really only two hour-and-a-half shows. And they've got their own agendas to get over. If each right. show dedicates, I don't know, six minutes of screen time per week, I'm going to stay invested. Right, right. You know, let's let's go over to Wednesday now and let's talk about what happened on AEW. AEW and NXT were both great, great shows. Okay. But I do want to touch on continue with the impact AEW relationship talk. Let's go right to the backstage segment with the Good Brothers uh taking out Pentagon backstage uh, on AEW, which I thought was great. Now this is ultimately going to lead us to a match, a six-man tag match at what's the Pay-per-view, Cole, or the uh, free-for-view? Beach, Beach Blast, thank you. Beach, Beach Blast with it's going to be the team of Moxley, Phoenix, and Pac taking on Omega and the Good Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is great because mm-hmm. now you're going to probably rekindle a feud between Pac and Omega, which maybe that's where the AEW Championship title picture goes moving forward. Um, and, you know, you're getting that Lucha Brothers, Good Brothers feud going on which is fucking excites the shit out of me to see those two teams go at it um guys what are your thoughts well i I mean i'm fine with it it's it's finally putting Pac back in the spotlight it's good for him he's one of my favorites who i've seen in AEW, and i've pretty much been following since the wwe days i'm very happy to see him in that spot it would have been pretty cool to see the lucha bros and Pac against them that would have been pretty dope mm-hmm. and honestly i would love to see this happen and I, and they've already done it before since they've held those tag titles who's to say the lucha bros who we have been clamoring for to get tag titles don't go after the tag titles they've won numerous times and take them off the good brothers there's so many layers upon layers upon layers upon layers and different directions you can go each star will have their time to shine but i'm eventually going to say this now we're going to get the lucha bros versus the good brothers mm-hmm. for the impact world, world tie titles and that'll be the catalyst to start off oh aw took impact titles mm-hmm. that's the match i feel, feel that that's where we kick off damn yeah, I, I got to agree with you, Wade. I, I would have a much, 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 can't say much enough, easier time with the Lucha Bros taking the titles off the Good Brothers than I would Private Party. Um, I think this is a good time to develop the Private Party brand. If you watched Impact mm-hmm. and if you watched Dark, uh, Matt Hardy did some shady shit. 
And, you know, the private party kind of called him out. But then on Dynamite, private party is kind of bought in. This is kind of their heel turn. They're buying into this. Mm -hmm. So it's good for their character development. I just don't think that them being the number one contenders, it's a good time. First of all, there's no way they're going to beat the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers have been teaming almost as long as these two have been alive. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, shout out to Festus, who thought we'd be talking about him in 2021 as a bmf right um nobody <laughs> nobody but yeah the start of this feud is is fantastic because you've got obviously what's happening between the world champion picture and aew with moxley kicking in but then with half of the lucha bros this feud can start like wade said and then when penta comes back in you've got moxley split off doing whatever he's doing you've got um pock back in the world title picture, or at least a non-title fight against Kenny, Mm -hmm. which is going to be absurd. And then you've got that crossover possibility. Wade, Wade spilled it out in a beautiful way. And I'd love to see it happen that way. And the Lucha bros are a team that can cross over. Seeing private party was a big surprise. Seeing private party cross over to impact was a very good for you moment. Like you said, they're getting the rub and they're moving to the next level. But if things go the way Wade says, and I almost said Lucha House Party and the good brother. I'm sorry, the um, the Lucha Brothers go to contend. I view them as an actual threat. Right. <laughs> brother Lucha. Wade's giving me the Lucha. 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 <laughs> Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros. Lucha. Oh, man. Love it. So uh, lots of great things happening with the Impact AEW crossover. But now let's focus on the Wednesday Night Wars itself. I feel like we haven't really given a lot of a lot of talk for the war on Wednesday nights between the two shows. This week was one of the weeks where I got to watch both shows simultaneously on two different screens. Go ahead, Matt. You want to insert your, your joke there? Oh, you just said insert. That's funny enough. <laughs> some, some words you can giggle at, like insert. Insert. Um, so both AEW and NXT had on paper had very good shows laid out. NXT, mm-hmm. we had the Dusty Rhodes Classic first round matches for the men and for the women. Uh, we had uh, the fight pit match yes. between Timothy mm-hmm. Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, and lots of, lots of great stuff happening over on NXT. We had a Karrion Cross in action, uh, as well as uh, a returning <laughs> Bronson Reed. Uh, so they're still developing a lot of characters as well. But then over on AEW, you have the Negative one, uh, Brody Jr.'s birthday celebration. With more scathing, more scathing promos. Cut yep, by him. Great promos. <laughs> that kid's great. Someone has to tell him to hold, hold the mic closer, though. But anyway, uh, so we had the birthday celebration. We had we were ultimately going to find out if, if Adam Hangman Page was going to join the Dark Order. <laughs> we also knew that Sting was going to be congratulating Darby Allen, mm-hmm. And we also knew that Good Brothers were going to be uh, on the show as well with Omega to make a statement. And the main event being the Inner Circle triple threat tag team match to determine the tag team of the Inner Circle, which, wow, I cannot wait to talk about that. <laughs> it, was, it was a car crash. It was now, a tram crash. It was, it was, yeah. It I was think, a Segway crash because you have to include Jericho because he's old. <laughs> oh, shit, love it. Love it. But let's start off with some NXT talk. Let's talk about the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Wade, I am so sorry for your defeat. I am so sorry. But Leon Ruff and Kushida defeated Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory <laughs> of the way in the first round of Dusty Rhodes Classic. 
I am I am pleasantly surprised, I guess, because again, these uh, the Dusty Classic always brings out solo feuds. So I eventually see this feud, the well, these two teams separating into a feud with Kushida and Johnny Gargano. That's the ultimate goal. Kushida is finally getting the push he deserves mm-hmm. and push he needs. And we all said he was going to be cruiserweight champion to start with, right? Why not give him the North American title? And Kushida and Johnny have never interacted until now. Right. So hands down, I will say this and quote me, the minute that match is announced, it's going to be a five-star classic. Hands down, Kushida versus Johnny Gargano for that North American championship. Right on. But now what about Leon Ruff? Because Leon Ruff just had that title recently too. He should still be in that picture as well. Uh, He should, but... But the last NXT of uh, 2020, Johnny beat him. So, I mean, that pushes him to the back of the line a little bit. You have to allow other people to go after that title. I maybe feel Leon Ruff could be like down the road and say, "Mm -hmm." so he could work his way back and say, listen, you know, if Kushida were to beat Johnny and be like, hey, listen, we were partners and then maybe I can get a shot at you. You know, let me go after you a little bit. Let me have a friendly competition. It could start that way. Mm -hmm. So Leon Ruff could still be there, but you can keep him in the back burner for now. Right. Uh, Maddie, let's talk about something else real quick on NXT. Let's talk about Karrion Cross making his return because ultimately this Karrion Cross match changed the landscape of the Dusty Rhodes Classic, which we're going to get to that a little bit later as well. Yeah. Karrion Cross with a really quick squash match over Ashante v. Adonis with his tag team partner, Desmond Troy, who I'm, uh, I think we're all unfamiliar with, mm-hmm. uh, who are mm-hmm. supposed to be tag partners in the Classic Tournament. Pretty much got squashed by Karrion Cross. Where, where does Karrion Cross go from here, Maddie? Uh, I think I, this is just me personally. He should continue on this path until they have a cut and dry and clear and clean direction set for him. Let him continue to just be a killer. He's been off TV for a long time. Right. This is his first match since the Damian Priest put out, which mm-hmm. was his first match back. I think continuing to make him a mercenary, show up, house everybody, just just be, be a beast. Because I don't know of anybody right now on the roster that I would put up against a killer like that. You know, in, yeah. in the past, you had a Keith Lee. In the past, you had a Damian Priest. Um, I, I don't particularly know. I think, I think Wade might have something. Ah, no, nah, he's, just, he's just warm in his hands. He has nothing. Yeah. I think, I think Wade has an idea, but to be perfectly honest, I would continue along this path for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. He never lost the title, so he can claim that whenever he wants. But this Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor, whole top of the card heap is so good right now. I yeah. wouldn't interject him into that. I'd let this play out and then him come forth and say, now that you boys are done playing, the man is here to reclaim his belt. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you know who you have him go up against to start that? Who's been getting a little bit of a monster push lately since they've been on NXT or returned? Pete Dunn. Bronson Reed. Ooh, See, oh, that, Bronson that was kind Reed. Of, okay. That was kind of my first thought, but are you going to derail a Bronson Reed by having Killer uh, Carrying Cross destroy him? 
you don't have you don't derail him. You keep having him get these significant wins mm-hmm. and him going up against a former NXT champion and just falling a slight bit short doesn't hurt Bronson in the in the long Okay, run. so you're not you're not going to crush a Bronson. You're going to have him program with Okay, see, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that because I dug Bronson Reed before he went away. Mm-hmm. We were all high on him. We all thought yeah. that he was going to be the next North American champion, most Me likely. Too. We right. we thought he was going, for lack of a better phrase, to the moon. By the way, yeah. where's Grimy been after he kind of turned us around on not? Yeah, being where the hell is asshole. he? We, I believe he had an injury. We're finally match. halfway on his side, and he gets hurt. Yeah. Poor guy, because now sure he's he back to ground zero. But see, I would like that because. What are you going to do? You're going to keep having Bronson Reed crush people too. I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd have Bronson Reed and carrying cross just destroying people until their paths cross at takeover, which has, it, it hasn't been announced. Are we not getting a takeover because of the two day mania or will we be getting a takeover that weekend? Valentine's day. Oh, then you're right to go around to take over Valentine's day. Yeah, but that's, that's super early. Okay, yeah, I, I think that's too soon. I think that's yeah. too soon for Bronson Reed, Karrion Cross, With both of them just coming back, I think that we should continue along the, the, for lack of a better phrase, squash match route, and then have them meet at the following takeover mm-hmm. then. Uh, I, I like Bronson Reed's new look, and I like how they're portraying him as a monster. Uh, I feel like there's been a big push in WWE for their monster uh, talent. Keith I, Lee, I, Otis, um, What's his face? Uh, Mace, the guys that they they sent back to the PC for some training. Mm-hmm. These are all mm-hmm. the big monsters. I think See, I think that's what Vince McMahon has been missing is the monsters. Like Braun Strowman's been off TV for a little bit too, and he's been in great, getting in great shape. That's that's one of the things I love about AEW. Look at their monsters. Look at their big guys. Their big monsters do big monster shit. I love Keith Lee. Don't get me wrong. And Willie Mack, you shouldn't be able to do things like that at his size. But big guys doing big guy shit is always going to get over. It's a good look for Reed. Right. I, I think Bronson Reed, though, I, I like his Vader-esque mm. ring gear now. Mm. I think he needs to put wear tights, though, and not the slinglet type bathing suit. Uh, I just think certain physical things might look better. Like like Vader wore like almost a body suit with the tank top, right? He had the long. I think the pants would look better on a Bronson Reed. Okay, mm-hmm. that's, just, right. that's just a little critique. Sometimes, little, sometimes hey, man, analysis. hey, show off the thigh meat. You got to show off you the know, thigh meat sometimes. Right. You know? And he's got some meat this, on them thighs. You got to show off the meat on the thighs, man. You got to show you know, it off sometimes. You're, you're making a joke, but yo, when, when your food first comes to the table, you eat with your eyes, man. When Bronson Reed walks down, you look at his ring gear. If right. you think if you think a change in gear is going to help his change in character, I'm all for that. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, let's go over to AEW. Let's look at how AEW started off. So again, start off with the negative one birthday celebration, which was interrupted by the chaos project, Luther and Serpentico. Congratulations, uh, Luther. <laughs> right. No, he worked long and hard and he's finally he getting, did. he's finally getting some time on dynamite now. Yeah, man. But, uh, so the opening match was a six man tag. It was cult cabana, John, I'm sorry, eight man tag, uh, John silver, Alex Reynolds, cult cabana and hangman page taking on the hybrid two. Jack Evans and Angelico and the Chaos Project, Luther mm-hmm. and Serpentico. Uh, good match. It was a fun match. Match fun, was what it needed to be. But ultimately, we wanted to see what a Hangman Page's answer was <laughs> to the question, will you join the Dark Order? He said yes, Pop. 
Y'all know my favorite part was was how he how Silver was marking out for him. You're, you're, just, you're such a good wrestler. You're so good. You're like you're my so favorite wrestler ever. Yeah, you have such great hair. I love it. It's so good. Your hair is great. Yep, it was oh, great. Man. So ultimately, though, Hangman Page is not going to get himself into another faction. I, I like how it went that way. Okay, here, here's my rabbit hole now. After now, I asked Jennifer this before. They've put in a lot of time. They've set a lot of stuff up. And with the Good Brothers coming back and Kenny splitting off of the elite and this and that, are we eventually going to see Hangman Page as the new exalted one for the Dark Order? Are they going to are they going to draft Hangman so hard that they make him the leader? But he won't be the exalted one. He'll be the exalted cowboy, and then we'll get exalted cowboy shit. Oh shit! Exalted cowboy shit. ECS. I love it. ECS. Yes. Exalted cowboy shit. I love that. But I think I, I think that could be a good way to put cowboy back or hangman back up at the top. We've all been talking about how he got pushed to the moon in the beginning with the feud mm-hmm. with Jericho, and then has since fallen off a bit, with the exception of his Kenny run as tag partners. The Dark Order is over like Rover, man. Yes. And I think I think if you put Hangman in a pay, in a place where he's running that show, that not only makes him primetime every week main event television, but gets him to a point where he's got some snarky backup guys that are going to help him against the other factions. Yeah. Well, definitely a lot of good stuff happening over there with the Dark Order. I like how they're still keep, they they didn't dismantle uh, the 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 stable, which I'm happy about, because I know there was a lot of talks about them possibly dis, uh, dismantling them after Brody Lee's passing. But the, the the faction is just too good together for them to break out. I love how they bought in Colt Cabana, they bought in Anna J, Tay Conti. I like how oh, and it still mm-hmm. grows. You know, the Anna J the Anna J move was great. I I liked when she first showed up on Dark and she was doing her thing and she had her mm-hmm. little top hat and her little weird magician shtick and everything was great. And then for her to get absorbed into this and be a weekly part of not only Dynamite, but also BTE, she's around a lot of other wrestlers. She's putting in right. good content. She's having credible matches too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Had they broken this up, I feel like guys like Alan Angels, um, like number 10, and like an Anna J really would have gotten lost in the fallout. I think yeah, the agreed. unity of the inner circle, I say this a bunch. I know I always repeat phases, but, but high tide raises all ships. I think the success of the dark order is doing wonders for everyone involved. Yeah. Excuse me. Agreed. Definitely agreed. Uh, let's move on to the next segment on AEW where sting came out to congratulate Darby Allen, which ultimately was interrupted uh, on the screen with Taz and the rest of Team Taz, uh, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Hook. Um, well, we know we, we know where this is going to end up. This thing's going to uh, be in a match again, but it's going to be a street fight at <clears throat> Revolution. No, not Revolution. Damn it! Why well, I keep getting the names of these of these shows all mixed up. Um, when no, it is Revolution. You're it not is wrong. Re- oh, I was right. Wrong. Okay, I thought I was wrong. So at Revolution, we're going to see Sting teaming up with Darby Allen to take on the team of Brian Cage and Ricky Starks in a street fight. I believe that did they announce it as a parking lot brawl, street street fight. It's some kind of no holds barred thing. It's not going to happen in a ring. It's which, a street fight. It's just yeah. it's just a street fight. Which is number one. It's great for Sting 
you know, there's ways you could hide any of Sting's ring rust or any of Sting's downfalls that he has now if he's going to be physical again. But uh, what what a rub for Darby Allen to team with Sting in a match. <laughs> yeah, in a situation where Taz is going to be cutting promos, you've got probably the youngest, hottest star in AEW as Ricky Starks. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that this is a good spot for everybody. Again, to, to bring up that high tide raises all ships. Um, Brian Cage, in my opinion, is all but a lost cause. And just a couple of months ago, I was a big Brian Cage fan. But for Ricky Starks and Darby Allen to be in a feud that has the likes of Taz and Sting attached to it, we're talking about two guys that carved out their own path, got over, I don't necessarily want to say on their own, you know, Darby Allen had great matches with Cody prime time. He's had great matches with everybody. He's mm-hmm. taken a hell of an ass whipping. But if you look at guys like Ricky Starks, if you look at Darby Allen, if you look at Orange Cassidy, if you look at a Chuck Taylor, guys that might not be your classic Monday night war body type wrestlers to be over as much as they are and then have people like Sting and Taz take notice and say, yeah, we want to get down on that too huge right now with the start from both shows again like i said earlier i was watching these shows simultaneously for me i felt my attention being kept on nxt now if we're gonna look and compare the two shows nxt i think we could all agree out of any wrestling is the best in-ring wrestling show that we have bar none each week Absolutely. The best, mm-hmm. the best bell to bell technical, follow the rules. You know what's happening. Yes. Thank you. Follow the rules, the, the psychology, the storytelling, the character development in every match. Each match is just produced so well. AEW is a little more sports entertainment uh, with what they do. Very, very similar to the, you know, the way WWE runs it and very similar to the way Nitro was, you know, back when they were on Monday mm-hmm. nights. Yeah, a variety so, show. So I felt like, yeah, a variety show. Thank you. So I felt like the beginning with the birthday celebration was a fun little segment. The, the eight-man tag was a fun eight-man tag. It was really had no repercussions or nothing they were really working towards except for, is Hangman Page going to join the, the stable or not? The whole thing with Sting it was cool. We wanted to hear what Sting had to say, put over Darby Allen. My eyes were really focused on the NXT product because, again, you got to see one of, the, one of the rounds from Dusty Rhodes Classic, and you got to see another Karrion Cross squash match. You know, so I think in terms of the the start of the shows this week, I think NXT really had me a little more invested. Mm-hmm. You you ready for a hot take? I'm ready for a hot take. NXT, and I I you got to say at some points you can even say by far, but they've definitely got a stronghold on the best in ring product. Mm-hmm. It's still my third favorite show of the week. Yeah. In terms of the overall show, I, I, I can show see where itself, you're going with yeah. that. Yeah. It, impact in AEW. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the, their wrestling is strong enough, but their storytelling and their other things keep me gripped as well. I was loving when the Garganos had those at-home vignettes. I was loving when, you know, the business um, would show up in the truck or the camera would follow them leaving. Mm-hmm. There are little things that I need. If I want just excellent bell-to-bell wrestling with nothing much else going on, I'm still going to go over to Ring of Honor. So I I like the balance that the other two shows have. But yeah, and and, and here's my thing. NXT is like 2A. It's not number three. You know, it it depends on the week, but all three of those shows are in that mix. Right on. 
So let's move back over to NXT. The next match on the card was another Dusty Road Classic qualify, uh, not qualify. I'm sorry, first round match. Imperium taking on Lucha House Party. Uh, Imperium did get the win and they advanced over to the second round. Uh, pretty good match. I mean, honestly, I like Lucha House Party without Kalisto. I, <laughs> I I like Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalik. The two of them are great together. So keep the momentum going with these. So I like I like these two as a tag team. I officially could say I like Lucha House Party now. Now that Kalisto's gone. Um, next, also had, they're they're not really doing the goofy shit, right? You know, don't get me wrong. I understand. I thought, Pardon? I thought Lucha House Party got the win over Imperium. Absolutely, no, Imperium. They uh, did no Imperium. No, Lucha, the, Lucha House Party went over, but Imperium got uh, what Alex Wolf back. Imperium yeah. got the win. No, Lucha House Party did. No, Imperium defeated because it's going to be Party to advance re- the Dusty Road Classic. Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be Lucha. No, Lucha House Party. Oh, advanced. I'm it's sorry. Them against the guy you know what? Fantasma. The the report that I'm reading has a typo, and then it says Dorado pinned Barthel for Lucha House Party to advance to the second mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I was reading the headline there. The headline was incorrect. So Lucha yeah, House the, Party mm-hmm. defeated. That's interesting. Wow. And yeah, that's right. I, I actually forgot about that too. My shocker of the tournament. My shocker right. of the tournament. I didn't expect Lucha House Party to win. I was right. like, wait, they same. won? I was like, oh, shit. Good Brother Wade and Wade Barrett both had that same shocker. That was, yeah, if you were listening, that was Wade Barrett's pick to win the whole thing. Yeah. Well, and they went out in the first round. His pick to win the whole thing was Mercedes and Tony, too. So. If Yeah, if you want to talk about some other shockers, let's go on to the next match on NXT, I, which was a women's Dusty Row Classic tour, uh, uh, first rounder. Who's I'm done, who's I'm, I'm, I'm done picking NXT. I'm who's finished. That? Who said Tony Strong, Mercedes Martinez versus Casey Catanzaro, Caden Carter, and Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro got the win. Who said they weren't going to advance? But you know what? I'm who happy about that. Who said they weren't going to advance, though? Hold on, hold on. Shh, shh. Boy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like it. It was a pleasant surprise. I was telling Maddie off air. Casey and Caden have been a tag team for a long time now. They have solidified themselves as a team. They have a great chemistry. Um, and I think a win over two strong stars like Mercedes and Tony was great for them. Mm-hmm. They are my wild card to win this whole thing right now. And what I was saying back to you, Bonesy, uh, I like what NXT is doing here. You know, Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez already have big feuds going. Mercedes has a built-in feud with Io Shirai. Tony Storm has been in that mix. Exactly. They're mm-hmm. taking teams or at least singles wrestlers. Now, now, granted, this was a team, um, but they're taking teams throughout both the men's and women's that don't have anything going on in the side and giving them something to do. If Carter and Catanzaro had lost this, they would just be off TV again. Like they so often are they always but right mm-hmm. by them moving on. You know, Tony storm is going to have a bare minimum, a segment, you know, that Mercedes and EO are going to continue this build. Most likely. I didn't know that takeover was coming up in what that's three weeks now. So, mm-hmm. you know, that build is probably going to keep up for that match. Um, I, I like that they're giving other wrestlers a few moments in the sun. Right. And I, I, I liked, again, I liked that they got the win because it, it still continues the NXT Women's Championship uh, storyline between Mercedes and EO yep. and Tony yep. and EO and how that all gets involved. So I do like that. Um, but now let's go over to the AEW side. And during that time, we had that the uh, – Kenny Omega's house segment we mentioned earlier with the Young Bucks and Don Callis. 
we have to give Alex Marvez some shine as being that stooge that fucking He's shows up best. everywhere. Love what they're doing with him. R- so, running through the parking lot to interview Mox and Cal. Right. I'm sorry, Omega and Callis after stealing the titles. But, but if you if you notice, there was two little parts of nuance. One was right then with Marvez. What are you doing here? And the mm-hmm. other was inside when uh, Don Callis yelled at the cameraman to put that down. You don't film in here. Right. And then it was almost as if it were candid camera. They're tying up those loose ends. It's like we always bitch about with WWE. Why does there happen to be a camera right there at a backstage beatdown? They explained why the stooge and the camera were both there for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kudos. Kudos. Yeah. Very, still more very good storytelling there. But then the next match was Cody Rhodes taking on Pete Avalon. A couple things to point out. Cody Rhodes came out with uh, his Snoop Dogg entrance, which I think might, might now be, end up being his new entrance theme. Snoop Dogg remixes your music and you're not going to keep it? Yeah. It's Snoop. It's, it's mm-hmm. Snoop. You have to keep it. Uh, interesting match, though. They had the segment with Jade Cargill coming out to, to interrupt and, and uh, to interrupt the match. But she was there and gone. And I did not like the no-sell that Cody did after he got this vicious low blow from Avalon because he got up real quick. I, I noticed that, and that stuck out, and the match kept going. And I was like, the match felt very lopsided. It didn't make – there was no psychology. made no sense. If you're going to mm-hmm. get fucking Peter Avalon the win, have him low blow him and, and get the win. Cody doesn't lose anything if he, if he takes a loss to Pete Avalon. Cody did not need this win. This match really oh, kind of had me disconnected from what was going on. He, are you kidding me? I think him losing to Peter, a guy that had an, a no win streak. He's got eight wins in all of dark and dynamite or whatever. Peter Avalon. I think Cody needed to win that match. I think that Peter Avalon getting on dynamite against Cody was enough of the rub. I have to disagree. Yeah. Cody Cody doesn't have a title. Yeah. Cody has taken the single worst beating of anybody in AEW. That squash with Brody Lee, he didn't get a single bit of offense in. He came in with a, fit, a, a flurry of fists and then took an ass beating the whole way down. And then his family got beat down. Right. I, I think I think Cody, Cody taking a loss to... I, I like especially the pretty Peter Avalon gimmick. But in my opinion, he is a top-tier dark guy, not right. really a dynamite guy. I think that would have hurt Cody. I think I think Peter Avalon got the rub. It pushed the Jade Cargill Shaq story forward a little bit. And not just that, man. Did you see the disparage in size? Cody is a fucking monster lately. That guy is just getting yeah. slapped up. He really mm-hmm. is. He really is. Wade, what were your thoughts, man, on this match? Uh, it was just... It's Cody. And uh, you know what? It's the thing I just I've disassociated myself a little bit when it comes to Cody and this whole Shaq uh, cargo field. Oh. I, I just dis, I just like, eh, OK, I, I guess I don't like gonna, it, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But I'm just like, eh, it's Cody. Give Cody something of, you know, what the thing is, he's the unsung hero of AEW for me right now, because, again, you brought it up. He's been put through the ringer. He's lost to MJF. He's gotten beaten by Brody Lee. He's gotten washed by pretty much everybody. Eventually, this will lead to his come up. And so maybe later down the road, we could see him involved in this whole AEW Impact thing. That would be great because he can't wear, he can't fight for the Impact Championship. He can't go for Big Platinum. Right. He really can't. 
No, he, he lost he lost the match lost to Jericho match. saying he'll yeah. never go for it. Mm-hmm. So putting him in a main title crossover for another company, that would be dope. Oh. Especially especially as the guy most people associate with the EVP thing. I feel like the Young Bucks use that in storyline. I feel like Cody, and it might just be the suits, but the impression that I have is that Cody is the most office of the boys. Exactly. Yeah, agreed. Um Let's continue with one more segment from AEW. It was another backstage segment between FTR and Tully Blanchard. As they, how they were talking about how they were the number happy one. Happy birthday, Tully. Number one in the ratings. Yes, happy birthday, Tully. Uh, they were in the number one in the ratings last week, meaning that they should be the champions or they should at least be the, the contenders for the championships. And then, of course, Jurassic Express interrupted. I really liked the backstage uh, the, the mic work, or I should say the promo they were cutting for each other. Jungle Boy really stood out in this backstage segment as a single star. Like he did not need Luchasaurus and Marco Stunner. The Jungle Boy looked good, the way he was dressed, the yep. way he interacted mm-hmm. with I forget, I think it was Dax yep. uh, or or Dax or Wheeler, whatever. But very, very good segment. But I have to go back from a couple weeks ago. Maddie, you mentioned this too, how I think I mentioned FTR being like, oh, during our award show, I said FTR gets the you know gets the tag team of the year. But I do agree with you now that we're a few weeks removed. FTR has really fallen off from that championship picture, which I guess in the bigger picture, it's a good thing for the younger talent like the, the Jungle Boys and the Luchas, like the, the Jungle Express and things like that, or Jurassic Express mm-hmm. to help them put over these this younger talent. But FTR, I agree with them. They should still be in that tag team picture. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think they have to get back up there sooner than later. But I do like where they're going right now with Jurassic Express. I feel I feel FTR is going to go after not the uh, AEW titles. I feel the Impact title is going to play a part, so they can round out again and become one of the few tag teams to hold all titles within every found every uh, federation. Yeah. I'm low-key thinking this is a sidebar. This is just a sidebar for you because AEW does what they do best with tag team wrestling. They're using all their tag teams to the best of their abilities and keeping every tag team relevant in a feud. Right. Again, yeah. and Jungle Boy, you're right. Jungle Boy is an MVP. Damn. Now, I like seeing what he's done lately, it kind of makes me want to throw him into that whole TNT championship conversation. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. Oh, yes. bro, you could throw him we into it easy. get that. So let's go back over to NXT. Uh, next match on that card, Bronson Reed, as we talked about him earlier, took on Tyler Rust, who is now being managed by Malcolm Bivens. Uh, I'm Good a thing. huge fan of Malcolm Bivens. Yeah, it's uh, the best thing about Tyler Rust. You know, yeah, Tyler Rust is also <laughs> – he's he has that a good look. He has, like, that main roster look mm-hmm. that I think – but, again, I have to see more of him in ring and see more of his character to really, he looks really like main have an roster opinion on that. Enhancement talent. Ooh, enhancement talent. I see what you did there. Yeah, uh, I mean, Tyler Russ is just starting. Hopefully, his teaming up with Malcolm Bivens is going to give him a little bit of shine. Oh, it's not going to hurt him. But um, uh, Malcolm Bron- Bivens. Bronson Reed had another great match. They put on a good match. It wasn't just it wasn't a straight-up squash. Tyler Russ got some offense in, too, but Bronson Reed ultimately did get the win. Um, and then after that, the next match was the main event. It was uh, Timothy Thatcher taken on Tommaso Ciampa in the fight pit. First of all, great psychology, great in-ring work. I'm using the word ring in quotes. Uh, Great storytelling. These two really beat the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. At this point in the night, I paused AEW 
and I just focused on the fight pit match. And then I watched the tag team match, you know, uh, over on AEW. But let's talk about it. Timothy Thatcher gets the win and is undefeated now in the fight pit. Matty G. I couldn't have written it better myself. We talk about Ciampa not needing wins anymore. We've talked about the fact that Thatcher can be a star. Thatcher is not the face or the wrestling style that WWE generally has as stars. And I think that's a benefit to him, not a detriment. I think of Timothy Thatcher as more of a Daniel Bryan, a real technician, you know, in good shape, but not a, not a, not a, not a theory, you know, um, the match was outstanding. I don't, because of their facials, uh, nobody sells better in NXT than those two guys. Um, they're very open. I like the brawling that happened up top first. Yes, I like that they once in. they went into the pit, they stayed in the pit. Mm-hmm. I like the referee interaction with the 10 count. I liked the fact that the match ended with... First of all, I had never heard about it until a little while ago. And now apparently like four guys on every promotion are doing this stretch muffler and they're giving it to Big E also. But the modified stretch muffler with Ciampa's busted up knee tied in between the cage and the ring post that had no ropes on it. It was a technical masterpiece. And I'm a huge fan. I had never heard a fight pit until the one where Thatcher lost his teeth. Now, is that the very first one? Yes. They invented it for that. Okay, cool. So I've been there from the beginning. I've also been a Thatcher fan from the beginning. With the momentum that Thatcher has had going, we we complain about 50-50 booking a lot. And the fact that Ciampa's already punked out for, you know, there's no better way to put it. Ciampa's already punked out Thatcher. For Thatcher to come back and get a win is kind of comeuppance. And then I saw the post this morning, so we know what's happening with this. We'll let Bonesy lead that in. But that sit down was so good. I was expecting them to shake hands or have a nod or something. And then they didn't. And it went off the air. They left me wanting more. The match was so good, ended so clean, and was so technical that when it was over, I wanted more. And they didn't give me more. They didn't have that end of Raw go off TV beat down. They didn't have slapping the hand out of the way. It was just two dudes who had been through a battle staring at each other. Mm-hmm. It left me saying, I can't wait for 8 p.m. next Wednesday. Right. What made that moment at the end of the match better, I think, was the way Timothy Thatcher approached Ciampa. He wasn't standing over him. He was on his knees, still selling his arm, and he was just kind of sliding over on his knees, just kind of looking at him and just breathing. And Ciampa's just kind of in the corner holding his knee. I loved it. They still – like the match didn't end until the show went off the air because they were still selling the fuck out of that match. Like you can't get any better than that. Nope. But now Mm -mm. this is what I was talking about, the zebra earlier, because remember Tommaso Ciampa is the zebra, remember, from the sit-down? Yeah. yeah. So um, we found out uh, after NXT this week, actually I think it was uh, within the past 24 hours, that Ashante Adonis and Desmond Troy are no longer in the Dusty Rhodes Classic because Karrion Cross uh, injured Ashante, so he's no longer able to compete. So they had to fill, they had to fill <laughs> in a slot in the tournament in the bracket, and that slot has been filled by the two gentlemen we just spoke about, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Now 
I mentioned in my in my chat message, I fell down a rabbit hole. And oh, I mentioned this uh, a while ago when Thatcher and Ciampa first started feuding. I was like, wow, these guys would be great together mm-hmm. as a team. I was like, and also there was a point where I felt like Ciampa, again, because he's not in the title picture, he was kind of making his way through the locker room because he's trying to fix the locker room, be that locker room leader like he's been mentioning. Right. What if he's trying to put together a stable of people that are like-minded, like him, but he has to fight them first for them to prove themselves, and then Ciampa brings them in? <laughs> it's like, like old school gangs. Like He's not sexing yeah. anybody in, so they got to get right. beat. Mm-hmm. So I like where this is going. I mean, again, that's a rabbit hole I felt. Amazing, who, Amazing who, storytelling. Yeah, but what they're doing now is awesome. And yep. seeing them together in the men's side, they're kind of my wild card now. Like I could oh, see oh, yeah. Thatcher and Champa definitely taking it uh, uh, on the men's side. Wade, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's going to be, you know what? They could be the ones to win it all now. I had my pick with the Undisputed Era first, mm-hmm. but now it's like I could see it where it's in the final. And they get a tag title shot. Imagine how hard-hitting that match is going to be mm-hmm. if they win. <laughs> And then yeah. face Lorcan and Birch. It's going to be brutal. Brutal. Yeah. And I love MSK. They were, they were my other pick to win. But mm. oof, with them in there now, it's just changed the whole it dynamic of the everything. tournament. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, M, the MSK. How, how did we skip over the MSK interview, if you will? Oh, right. That's hey, right. Yes. Number one tag team. <laughs> yeah. MSK That's number one nice. tag team. Very nice. Very nice. I thought I thought we were gonna get like you know so some funny. sort of like lead in or some sort of like this is who they were or even even just some pictures of them wrestling on indies because they've been doing that every now and again, mm-hmm. and we get what, what, what's his name now? Mm-hmm. What's 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 Nash and uh, w- Wesley? No, no, it wasn't oh. Wesley. It, Nash, Nash, Car- uh, Nash Carter, and Wesley. We, we get Nash Carter doing Borat for thirty yeah. seconds, like, like it, it's perfect them. But I was not expecting it. Yeah, no, it, it was great. It, it added mm-hmm. a good humor too, but it really gave you. It helped you know what their personality is. Right. That, and I'm glad they leaned into that. Yes, that thirty seconds really helped tell the fans that, that aren't familiar with the Rascals who MSK is. Yeah, we're we're badasses, but we're gonna have a good time doing it. Mm-hmm. So. What I liked about NXT was it had one, two, three, four, five, six matches and not that much backstage segments. Mm -hmm. Now, AEW isn't even done yet. We still have about four, five, six more segments to go. Because they had a lot of small segments here and there, backstage, in ring. Yeah. But NXT Mm -hmm. was just match after match after match. And Mm -hmm. I don't have it in front of me on how long the fight pit matches, but that was a great way to end off NXT. I, I've got to say that was probably at least 15 minutes. Yeah. Now I know we don't normally go down, you know, match by match, but let's continue now with AEW real quick for today's episode. John Moxley took on uh, Nick Camarado. We got to talk about Nick Camarado. This guy is a bruiser Brody looking motherfucker who has the look. He has the size and his entering work was great. The dude knows how to sell. Dude knows how to maintain offense. I think that was a great match for Nick Camarado. And he's also young. He's like 28. Yeah. I've been, I've been singing his praises for a few. This Nick Camarado, um, Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs, and, and a small, small grouping of others. This is why I've been telling everybody to watch Dark. These guys all wrestle on Dark. 
And the ones that really stand out, you then get to see. I'm, I'm going to jump around a little bit, Bones, real fast, because I want to mention it. I'm sure we would have glossed over it. Um, but like a Layla Hirsch. Mm-hmm. Layla Hirsch got a women's match on Dynamite, on primetime TV. Now, do I feel the right person won? Absolutely not. Penelope Ford went over, but Penelope Ford went over with some shenanigans, and she's got the wedding coming up. She's wrapped up in a thing. But if you are interested in who you're going to be seeing next, and I don't just mean on Dynamite. I'm talking about you could see them over at Impact. You could see them back at NXT. Mm -hmm. You could see them anywhere because a lot of the people on Dark are not signed talent. They're independent talents. Right. Also, Cody touched on it this week. I've been talking about how long, sometimes longer than Dynamite itself, Dark has been. It's because Tony Khan won't let anybody go home without getting a payday. Everybody gets a chance if they go down. So if you want to see some kick-ass wrestlers that are eventually going to make a, a splash somewhere, check out Dark because you get guys like a Nick Camarado. You mentioned it, Bones. He's got the look. He's got the skill set. He's got the size. Plus, you can plug him in anywhere. He's a caveman-looking yeah. dude. Yeah. Team him Team him with Luchasaurus as the continuation of Jurassic Express mm-hmm. if you're going to make Jungle Boy a single star. Put him up against anybody. They look like a hero. That man is a monster, and he deserves more time. Have him be the newest member to Team Taz. Have him just round out Powerhouse Hobbs, Brian Cage, the big men. Fuck it, put him in a group. Who cares? But also, I think Nick Camarado might need a name change. You know, you get you get this. You look at his physical his physical appearance. They announce his name is Nick Camarado. Hmm. I feel like the name does have to match the image that you have in wrestling. We could all agree on that. See, just Camarado. That's it. There you go. Oh, just Camarado. Drop, drop the first name. Because mm-hmm. look at what they did. I loved Will Hobbs, but Powerhouse Hobbs to me is getting these right. hands. Right. <laughs> I, love that. I, I am. I am forever going to go back to gimmicky, sticky bullshit mm-hmm. as getting these hands. That get was these, good, though. Get, get these, these hands in hands. Suplex City, which is part of Claymore Country. Anyway, the next segment was uh, Eddie Kingston and his associates were interviewed by Dasha backstage. And then uh, Jake Roberts and Lance Archer hey, interrupted. Hey, what are you doing? What which, are you which, talking about? My man's going to kick your ass. Which I thought was great. I loved the back and forth between Jake Roberts and Eddie Kingston. And, and before Roberts leaves, he goes, bite me. Yeah. And oh. walks away. Oh. It was just fucking great. You and your two monkeys. Yeah. We'll great, great segment. Then we have the continuation of the Kenny Omega segment. Now when Kenny Omega sees Callis in the locker room and, and gets to see the shiner on Callis's eye from getting the kick shit, uh, the shit kicked out of him, the kick shit out of him. Yeah. That's what I meant to say or something. Kick the shit out of him. <laughs> the shit kicked out of him by the young bucks. And then once again, the fucking stooge, Alex Marvez shows up and Callis is like, what the hell are you doing here? I love what they, I love what they're doing with Marvez. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the next match, we had uh, Matt Hardy and Private Party taking on Matt Seidel and Top Flight. Uh, great match. I really did like the teaming up of Top Flight with Matt Seidel. I like their their uh, their entrance together. Uh, you know, Matt Seidel with his third eye. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the commentary did a good job of uh. saying Top Flight said that Matt Seidel was one of their biggest influences. So that was kind of cool. The match was – it was what it was. Matt Hardy and Private Party get the win. Yeah, man. You, you, know? you, had, you had Private Party and Matt Seidel in. It, it, it just, I think I went to let the dogs out. Right. I, I didn't because Top Flight is too good. 19 and 21. Yeah. That one kid is 19 years old. Yeah. 
very young, yeah. lots, lots that they can still do in the future. Then Good we for had you, a, kid. then we had another backstage segment with uh, MJF and Wardlow talking to Chris Jericho about their upcoming tag team match. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we went on to Chuck Taylor, who is now Charles Taylor, who is Miro's butler. Mm. Uh, I did like how the first time they started the storyline, Rusev kept referring to him as the young boy, like they do in New Japan, but they changed it to Butler. Mm-hmm. They said they said it a couple times this week too. They mm-hmm. they they did they throw did. it in there. Yep, right on. Yep. But yeah, they they leaned real heavy into Butler. By yeah. the way, what's the deal with Miro? Is he is he sponsored? Because I mean, I had to look it up. That track jacket he was wearing alone is listed on Gucci's website is sixteen hundred and fifty dollars, wow. and he's wrestling in that shit. Is he sponsored? Is he getting? extras are they fakes like what right. the fuck because that guy i mean don't get me wrong i'm sure he did very well in wwe but not fucking three thousand dollar track suit every week well mm. well you should go back and watch total divas when lana was on and see that house they have oh okay yeah. oh so so maybe they're just balling that's they're where balling. i get all, that's where i get a lot of my backstage dirt you know total bellows total divas get to see behind the scenes you know have you ever seen a clockwork orange hell yeah you, you know, you know, when they hold Alex's eyes open and put the drops in and show him the pictures of like Nazi <laughs> yes, Germany, yes, and war, yes. that would be me watching Nikki and Brie Bella do anything. You would have to tie me down and force me and it would make me oh so sick God. to my stomach. I would never do anything bad again. But for, Maddie, for, listen, for, I have a question. So that hmm. means you will, you could look, but you won't touch. <laughs> guys thanks for taking this marathon with us uh aw it. wrapped up okay there's a lot of shit going yeah. on see you yeah, next week going on. see you next week all right let's continue real quick so we have penelope ford taking on layla hirsch with of course kip sabian miro and butler charles taylor all at ringside penelope ford gets the win <sighs> good match i mean i think layla hirsch should have taken the win on that one but agreed that's yeah. neither here nor there Lay- layla hirsch needs to be on their roster Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Lay- Layla Hirsch would do for AEW what a Jordan Grace does for Impact. Right, exactly. Mm. Uh, I do like that Penelope Ford is getting some <laughs> in-ring time, though, on Dynamite yeah. as well. I, yeah, but yep. not, not as much as she was getting, and I haven't seen her on Dynamite. She was taking some pretty serious steps forward with her fluidity and her move set. It just it seemed like a very broken match. I don't think my problem was with who won. I think my problem was with that Penelope Ford didn't look super crisp and beat a Layla Hirsch who looked crisper than an apple. Right. You know, at the after the match too, uh, Miro took the mic. Miro still needs work on the mic. I I, I don't buy into his cadence, mm. his the tone of his voice. I liked it better when he was Rusev Crush. You know, now he's right. just, he's the gamer guy. I can't buy into it just yet, but you know he he took the mic to uh, to pretty much tell Orange Cassidy that he's going to kick his ass and that Charles Taylor is his new best friend. Blah blah blah. Anyway, had another backstage uh, segment with Good Brothers uh, beating up Pentagon, which we mentioned earlier. Then we did a lineup of the next couple of weeks in AEW. Next week's Dynamite, we're going to have Lance Archer take on Eddie Kingston, Dax Harwood take on Jungle Boy. Then we're going to have the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers taken on the Dark Order. <sighs> Stu Grayson, Evil mm. Uno, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. That's going to internally combust at some point to continue this story mm-hmm. with the Bullet Club reunion. Uh, and then we're going to have Cody responding to Shaq next week 
on Dynamite, which I Whatever. can't wait for. I know. Whatever. No and cares. then in two weeks, we already have a few matches on the card for Beach Break. We have Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers taking on John Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix. Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford's wedding with Miro as the best man. I'm excited to see what somebody else's idea of a wedding is. I thought the mm-hmm. impact one was funny. I yeah. think they're always they're always a fucking shit show when it comes to WWE. Mm-hmm. I will be very interested in seeing this when it comes through. Yep. And also, I, I please double check this because I think this might be a typo because this says that Dr. Britt Baker is taking on Penelope Ford. I could have sworn they already booked Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker for Beach Break. They did. They did. Yeah. All right. So this, I'm assuming this is, this says Britt Baker versus Penelope Force. There might be a typo I'm reading on, on what I have on my computer here. So um, we will double check on that. Can someone check that for me, please, as I continue this? So the rest of the card there is going to be a tag team battle royal for a championship match at Revolution, which is going to, could be awesome. I do, I, I do like the way AEW does their battle royals, you know, with the casino battle royals and things like that. So uh, looking forward to seeing who's going to win that to go on to face the champions at Evolution. Uh, also, they announced the AEW Women's Championship Eliminator Tournament, which Wade uh, touched on a little bit earlier today. Uh, this participants are still to be determined, but there was a prominent Japanese flag uh, in the graphic as well. So we're going to see some of the Japanese stars coming out, which is going to be pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Wade, have you heard any names that were announced yet? I have not heard any names. I have some uh, suspicions of who could be in the tournament. Uh, the first ever AEW Women's Champion sh- probably will make her return at some point. Rio, okay, so I could right. see her in the tournament. I could see um, a lot of other people who we've seen on like those uh, random Japan women matches that we had at the uh, mm-hmm. All Out pay per view, yeah, the AEW right, right. pay per views pop in. And and I'm going to say this now. There will be some impact fused talent in that tournament. I'm calling it ahead of time. I don't know who, but somebody from Impact's gonna be in there. I think it makes sense. And throw throw Jordan Grace in there. I want to see Jordan Grace in the in the AEW title tournament. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so yep. big things. Looking forward to see who this uh pans out to be. According to what I'm checking out right now, it's a 411 Mania. The beach break for February 3rd is Omega and the Good Brothers with Phoenix, Pac, and Moxley. The tag team battle royal, Sabian, Penelope, Ford, Ty the Knot, and Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. It is. Okay, so I, yep. I probably have a uh, – that's what I figured. Probably a typo here. Mm-hmm. Probably Ford's get, she can't lose to Britt Baker and get married all in the same night. Why? Exactly. Oh, why? You're right. If she's going to lose it life, she might as well lose, might as well lose in the match. Oh, my God. Oh, and shit. that's a wrap on the and show. <laughs> not quite. We still have more of AEW to talk oh, about. Wait. So that's my question real fast. Do you guys think they're going to have a real official there? Do you think that they're going <laughs> to tout this, that AEW is going to build this up as the first real wedding in a ring on TV? No. no, wait, wait, it says no. Orange Cassidy's gonna ruin it somehow. Yeah. Somehow there's gonna be some shenanigans. That's all it's gonna be. It's gonna be a way to continue the storyline they have going on. Oh, oh, it can it, yeah. it can get shenanigarian afterwards, but I'm saying if, I love if, they, shenanigarian. If, if they have a legit up there, they do the I do and they kiss and then shit goes south, mm-hmm. you know, like like Orange Cassidy's waiting in their wedding cake for when they pop right. out. I, I don't know, man. It could be crazy. But if they were to turn this into a real televised wrestling wedding, I think that would be dope. Remember the last time Rusev or Miro was in a wedding? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody does. 
Yeah, anyway, moving on. Knows. We're almost at the end of AEW now. I loved the video they showed of Sammy Hagar uh, <laughs> giving a shout out to Sammy and Hager yep. from uh, Inner Circle prior to the tag team triple threat match. But then we have the triple threat match of the Inner Circle between Jericho and MJF taking on Santana and Ortiz taking on Hager, uh, Sammy and Hager. I'm going to cut right to it. This match was a fucking clusterfuck. The wrong team won, and it did nothing for LAX, who is the team that we have been fucking pulling for for months. And I, unless, I was very disappointed. Unless this is the beginning of the end. I am going to. I've been doing this to, to WWE lately, so AEW has definitely earned it. I'm going to wait and see. AEW pays off all their shit. Right. If this is going to be the end, hey, man, may, maybe maybe these guys go all the way and then the number one contendership match is against LAX and LAX just fucking destroys them. Right. This could be a means to an end. Right. Do I agree with you that LAX needs to be the team? Absolutely. mm -hmm. But if it's not the team right away, I'll give them, I'll give them a couple five minutes to see what they do. The only way I'm going to be down with this is if LAX actually comes out on top of this, because that match did nothing for LAX. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing, because I feel like you saw more of the inner circle than you did of the actual tag team in the match. Inner mm-hmm. circle, nothing. That was a Chris Jericho match with a couple of his friends around. Can we yep. talk about Chris Jericho's almost botched lion salt? What do you mean almost? He landed on his fucking head, did he yeah, not? Yeah, that fucking hard. That was, that was rough. That was mm-hmm. rough to watch. That was rough. Um, dude, Jericho's got that dad bod going on, man. He's had it for a little while, but it was very noticeable. Did anyone see the comparison? Anybody see the comparison that him and The Rock are the same age? And if you compare the two. Oh, right. (laughs) You're like Jericho at 49, Rock at 49. That's because Jericho has to put down that uh, little bit of the bubbly. Yeah, put down that bottle of bubbly and get back into the gym. He needs to get back into the gym. Again, I, I was disappointed with the match. I almost flipped the damn table over when I saw the outcome. LAX. Santana Ortiz, proud and powerful. They were one of the marquee tag teams mm-hmm. in AEW that was signed. And it feels yeah, that was like huge. Th- that was huge for them. And it feels like they're a fucking joke. Like you're a sidebar. Right. This they're is how you, this is how you book it, though. You have this this battle royal coming up at Revolution, right? With the tag mm-hmm. teams to win the right. number one contenders. MJF and Jericho are obviously the tag team of Inner Circle now because they won this match. They're going to be mm-hmm. in that battle royal. Have LAX make their way into the battle royal and be the last ones to eliminate Jericho and MJF. Mm-hmm. That's when LAX gets their shine as the tag team of the Inner Circle. Mm-hmm. So I know we don't usually do a recap like we did, but we really ran down both cards because, again, I was watching them both simultaneously, and there was a lot of analysis I wanted to do. So overall, guys, which – which brand had the better show, NXT or AEW? NXT. <sighs> I'm with you on that, Wait, I have to say NXT. NXT. Yeah, you know, I'm a big AEW mark, and I like a lot of the shit that they do, and I love the crossover, but I feel like this week NXT did a better job of progressing the storylines they had going. Yeah. NXT How, was- however, they also did pull and, and uh, AEW did pull an audible. You know, it was Brody yeah. Jr.'s birthday. Right. That was a big long segment in the beginning. Right. They gave him they gave him a lot of time. So, um, I don't know. NXT was a tighter show. AEW definitely felt more like a like a let's see what happens kind of weekend. Agreed. Right. They had different feels, but yeah, I'll give you the edge on NXT this week. 
Yeah, NXT was easily digestible. It was six matches, very short backstage vignettes or segments. But, but powerful in, It was mm-hmm. in and out with great matches. There was way too many moving parts happening within two hours of AEW. Too many, too many segments, uh, I think, happened in, in a two-hour show. Because, like, I was just trying to go down card by card. Okay, here's the first two segments. Here's the next two segments. By the time I was done with Ciampa and Thatcher, there was still another like hours worth of content left in AEW, mm. you know. Mm. And I, and again, I, I, I never analyze it enough to know if this is like this week to week. But I think that's what really gave NXT the edge this week. Now, I'll, also, you got one more thing to keep in mind, though, too. If it wasn't for the Dusty Cups, you know, mm-hmm. men and women, would we have seen nearly as much of the talent as we see? NXT focuses on their top tier like WWE does quite a bit, whereas AEW does a pretty good job of trying to keep everybody relevant. Almost everybody gets to be in the background in a match or in a vignette. I I think it might feel a little bit scattered sometimes, but you never go, oh, man, where – Brian Cage hasn't. Oh, he just had one last week against Darby, so that's that's a bad right. pick. But but there's never a wrestler that pops up on Dynamite where you go, oh, where have they been for the past couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. Because for those past couple of weeks, AEW has kept them relevant. Whereas with uh, um, NXT, if you're not in a storyline, you're not on TV. And I think that's where AEW Dark really helps those uh, lower to mid card towns to have them. Wrestle yeah. some extra during the week, okay. And if, if Tony Khan thinks, all right, cool, this this could be good for Dynamite. Let's let's see you next Wednesday. So I think Dark really has has that's where they have the advantage because NXT doesn't have a developmental <laughs> NXT, show. NXT needs an NXT, which we talked about is in the talks a couple yep. months ago. Yeah, uh, but again, we'll have to wait and see. But let's end off the show with some quick Ring of Honor news. Ring of Honor, yeah. uh, Ring of Honor TV this week. Couple quick takes. Flip Gordon defeated Rhett Titus in a very stiff, pure rules match. As we're talking about this, by the way, uh, good brother Wade is wearing his octopus mask uh, in honor of uh, the man, Jonathan Gresham, the pure champion. Mm -hmm. But so Flip Gordon gets the win over Rhett Titus. uh, And also Dragon Lee defended the ROH television championship against one third of the six man tag team champions, Ray Horace which uh, was a phenomenal, phenomenal match. If you haven't had a chance, go back and check out Ray Horace taking on Dragon Lee uh, for the ROH Television Championship. But now let's go to talk about Flip Gordon and Rhett Titus is uh, the big takeaway. So <clears throat> it was a big, big match. Flip Gordon threw a couple of close, closed fist punches and uh, pretty much the way uh, – and also refused to shake Rhett Titus's hand before and after the match. So he has officially now been suspended – from the pure division and he can no longer fight in in the, any pure matches and flip said fine i will find another another division to fight in now maddie i go i, I go to you since you're the ring of honor guy what other divisions has ring of honor ever brought to light that maybe we haven't seen in a while are they bringing back another division no. you think this could be leading to something big nope this no? is flip leaving oh, oh. All, all of all of Flip's friends have taken off. His his his, his faction is busted up. Let's let's keep in mind that Flip was a big part of BTE. Flip right. was Flip was in that big group. As a matter of fact, a lot of people expected Flip to go with the elite mm-hmm. to AEW right, until they right. saw the contract situation. And then I think Flip signed another short one 
when Marty decided to stay and, and had Flip in his faction. Um, you know what, man? I, I hate to say it, but even just some of the stuff that he's done you know, in his personal life that he puts on the internet, Flip can just go away. Yeah, fuck off. You know, <laughs> f- fuck you. Like, I, I, liked, I liked face Flip. I liked mm-hmm. Flip in his, his bout with Bully Ray and the bullying right. and mm-hmm. the taking the caning and all that crap. And then everything that Flip has done since becoming the mercenary with, you know, he was supposed to join one faction and goes to another. And now he's some heel and he's just, I, I don't know. I, yeah, Flip is, uh, Flip is drywall, man. You know, there are so many guys with his skill set that he's just another dude. So if Flip wants to throw a temper tantrum on TV, good riddance to bad rubbish. All right. So Flip needs to be repackaged and maybe use his talents. Because I think we could all agree Flip Gordon is a great talent in the ring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he's just he's a great talent that doesn't stand out from the pack. Yeah. The earth is not flat and you never eat your cereal milk first. That's all I got. Those are the two things that he's big on. And put agree. a fucking mask on. Put a fucking mask on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on. So that's the quick Ring of Honor news. I figured that was worth us, you know, chatting about. Yeah. Uh, but, guys, we ran a marathon. I know we want to talk about some Royal Rumble predictions. Let's save that for next week because there are some hot wings in my house that I'm smelling right now. So uh, I got to go eat some of these wings real quick for my lunch. I'm just saying, guys. So Yo, you, you can fuck all the way off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the, hey, hey, guys, thanks for listening. I'm leaving this episode now. Fuck you and your wings, Bones. I'll, <laughs> I'll take pictures of the wings and send it to you guys. Nah, it's cool. <laughs> so on that note, fam, if you guys have enjoyed this episode, thank you so much for listening to New Normal Wrestling, found right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. Show your support by following the network at Fourth Wall Pop on Twitter and Fourth Wall Pop Network on Instagram. Be on the lookout very, very soon also for the new normal wrestling instagram page that's why we're gonna have our own social media so be Mm -hmm. sure to check us out over there also be sure to pick up your fresh lavish loot from the fourth wall swag shop found on tpublic.com be sure to follow the uh, link in our bio so as always i'm johnny bones he's dj maddie g he is the good brother the lavish one wade ilson and we are new normal wrestling so as always until next week i bid you adieu with a goodbye and good night too sweet brothers And then, so I look at my past orders. It's cool because I also have a Cobra Kai hoodie coming. So you know, yes. So wait, you do you guys watch that show, Cobra Kai? Oh fuck yeah! Fucking, I haven't watched it yet. Show. We're gonna we're gonna sit down and watch it. We have a lot of shows to watch and catch. Oh up my on. god! We just since we finished Shit's Creek, which is mm-hmm. fucking hilarious. Maddie, do you notice the WWF references?
Dude, they called out Jericho in one yep. episode. Hell yeah. The, the, I forget what their names are. They call them like ass face or dickhead or whatever the hell the names they call them. But they had their first episode, a WrestleMania shirt and like yep, an sure. Ultimate Warrior t-shirt on. I was like, that's fucking awesome. And then they, yeah. they've always referenced WWF throughout the uh, throughout the series, which is pretty cool. Yeah, Wade, catch up on that, brother, because uh, season four is coming out later this year also. Yeah, okay. the, the episodes are only half an hour, too. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very it's easily, easily digestible. digestible. Yeah. And what is it like? Ten episode seasons? Not even. Maybe. Uh, eight. Yeah, I think I think ten episodes. Yeah. No, it's really easy. But if you're not familiar with the with the Karate Kid movies, I would recommend go back and watch one, two, and three because that's that's what we did. We watched those before we watched the the series. So you know you know what's coming in four. I you think know, so. You know who the you know who the you know who the phone call was. Oh yeah, um, Spencer. What the fuck was it? It's it was Silver. Silver, yeah, silver, yeah. silver. Yep, that guy. I knew exactly who it was because he looked at the picture, and I said, oh, "That's that fucking guy, dude." I love, yeah, yeah. I loved the flashback. I don't want to spoil the shit for Wade though. But yo, dude, I was not expecting that at all. I fucking yeah, man. It's just wait. It's well written. It's well acted. There's one problem. Mm. You're gonna have a very, very, very hard time anytime Daniel Larusso's daughter's face is on screen. There's just. It's like she's trying to figure out a math problem and keep a fart in all at the same time, always. <laughs> but other than that, the show the show is really good. Yeah, it's character development at its best, at, at its finest. Yeah, it's absolutely. fucking love it, love it. You would like Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek is the same way. There's a lot of character development. That's a show I never got into. I heard a lot of same, good things about that. Same. Show. I got start a, watching. Yeah, start watching it. I'm telling you, the first season. Those first couple episodes for me were tough. I was like, eh, I'm not really into it. Just was like, nah, just stick it out. Is it is it slow because they're building the characters? Like, is this is this giving me the building blocks of a good foundation? Yes, and I um, love that stuff. I love I, that stuff. Eugene Levy, Eugene Levy, and his son wrote it. It's him, his son, Catherine O'Hara, and this other girl. It's 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 a funny show. It's about a family that goes broke. Oh no no yeah yeah yeah. Right. Oh I know it's about so it. Fun. I've just never watched. Right on. I'm telling you. You're going to crack up. Catherine O'Hara is like an MVP in that show for me. She's an MVP in everything, bro. Mm-hmm. The mom and Beetlejuice, the fucking mm-hmm. she, her and Eugene Levy together all the time in the Christopher Guest movies. Perfect. The, I'm telling you, when you watch those two together, perfect. You're going to fucking cry laughing at some of the shit you see. Now, is she a worse mom than when she was Mrs. McAllister? Because that bitch left uh, her kid twice. Hold on. Twice, I have to debate right? this. Jess. Is um, Moira a worse mom than Miss McAllister? Yes, but she makes up for it in the end. Oh, yeah, she yeah, but she makes up for it in the end. I, I'm in. 